Everybody and welcome back to the choir room. Yes, it is us, and uh, no, it's not the weakest link. Yes, it is Glee. We are here to yet again talk about Glee. Uh, we have not stopped just yet. We are only entering now phase two of our time here in the choir room with all of you, as we are going to finally get to something we've been promising for a while. It is time for some character studies, baby. Yes, it is. As uh, we, we've talked about them, as we've recapped you know all of the past uh, the six seasons over the past six months and we talked about uh, as we went all of the different uh, you know there's so many so many details of all these characters that we've gotten to know along the way so many of their songs to talk about and to uh, analyze and to somewhat rank uh, that we are going to get into and we've got a lot to talk about with each character so no better way to do it than to break them all down individually not maybe not all of them we're gonna go you know all of the major characters are going to have a uh, podcast dedicated to discussing them and their songs and their trajectory throughout the show. And then, you know, some of the minor characters I'm sure we're going to end up grouping together. This is uh, just me setting everything up for you guys because this is the first one, of course, in that series. As of now, we are thinking about uh, potentially doing one of these a week. We don't want to, you know, do the same way that we had been going, where we just kind of uh, did it all at once and, you know, gave you guys a big, fun quarantine project. Now we're going to kind of slow things down, spend our time, or take our time, I should say, and make sure we get into the details of each character. Uh, before we start talking about the character we're here to talk about today, of course, I need to bring in my co-host, who is uh, very patiently waiting for me to stop talking. And Aman, how are you doing today? Shut the no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm great. I'm so excited to be back talking about some glee, starting off with a pretty interesting character. I'm, I'm no stranger to character studies, being that I've participated in a lot of theater, and that's one of the first things that you do whenever you um, embark on a new journey. That's what you do. You, you, you explore the characters, you, you study their motivations, you really analyze all of their, uh, all the characterization that goes into to all of them. And so I'm excited to do that outside of a theatrical context because I don't think I've ever really done that before outside of, you know, what we do here in the podcast in daily conversation. Right. Yeah, we, we've, uh, you know, a lot of characters in the show that certainly were handled with more care than others. And of course, you know, there's, a, you know, plenty of factors that go into why that was the case. Uh, you know, the character that we're starting off here with today, of course, if you've seen it in your feed, is Quinn Fabray. We are here to talk about Quinn today. And, you know, that's a character that uh, I think their story uh, or her story, you know, throughout the six seasons, we, you know, have already talked about really in depth because it's hard to not talk about it all as you go about the way that she just kind of disappears appears a little bit after season three, uh, barely in the rest of the show. I think she's in like seven episodes from seasons four through uh, through six. So, you know, we've already covered that a little bit, but what we're going to do today is kind of just go, you know, deep into uh, how they ended up playing things out with what they were working with. You know, uh, the, the stuff behind the scenes, we've kind of covered that as well, but I, I'm sure it also will come up, you know, if there were reasons as to why she kind of disappeared. We'll get into all of it, but yeah, there's just, you know, a lot to talk about, and I'm very excited to be starting off with Quinn. It just kind of happened to, to 
happen this way. Um, we put out the surveys that, of course, you guys uh, were very kind in uh, taking part in, uh, or maybe you didn't and you're just listening to this anyway, which is fine. Um, but those of you who did take part in the surveys, you saw that, you know, Quinn was the first up. You guys uh, flooded in with your responses about all of her songs. And uh, just makes sense to kind of talk about somebody here that, you know, we only have three seasons of main Quinn content to go off of and then a little bit at the end. But uh, I'm just very excited to uh, to get these going, to get into Quinn. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, a couple of different things and different formats along the way of how these are going to go. This is the first one. So bear with us as we kind of get our feet underneath us uh, of how we're going to go. But uh, like I said, I'm very excited to talk about Quinn, my uh, my girl. Yeah, it's uh, she. I mean, she's such an a polarizing character amongst the fan base. Well, maybe maybe polarizing isn't the right word, but um, she's definitely a character that sparks a lot of emotion from the fan base. Most of it being positive. Um, all the negative comes from you know the way that her character is utilized throughout the series. Um, but yeah, I think that it just it warrants a lot of discussion when it comes to her uh, progression as a whole. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, so the way that we're going to end up doing this uh, essentially is we're going to go season by season and we're kind of, I, I don't know if this is taking the easy way out or not. We or, I, I don't think so. I think basically what we wanted to do was uh, the way that we took notes for this is essentially going on the Glee Wikipedia pages uh, for the characters. So we went on to Quinn's wiki page and pretty much copy and pasted everything they had, uh, or at least that's exactly what I did. Uh, copied that all into my notes and kind of cut everything down to get the main point, points from each episode. I want to make sure that we remember the details and as much as we just rewatch the entire show, you know, there's you're not going to remember everything. So, you know, I wanted to go back, uh, narrow everything down to talk about the main points of what happens in each episode. And we're going to go work our way down through the episodes and kind of, you know, group things together, talk about a couple of episodes at a time and, you know, what was going on with her story as that was coming up. Uh, if you want more behind the scenes details, Aman and I split things up of this. So I'm going to be leading the way on season one and three. Amon is going to be leading the way on seasons two, four, five, and six, of course, with, uh, you know, a lot less episodes towards the end of the run. So we'll, t we'll talk about her relationship. She's got a couple. We'll talk about her friendships uh, as they come up and as they start to form and as some of them maybe disappear in and out. But we'll talk about it all. And um, I don't know. Any, anything, and then at the end of the podcast, uh, once we're done talking about all of that, that that we need to talk about in terms of just, you know, plot details and stuff like that and relationships, blah, blah, blah. Then we are going to get into uh, what many, many of you might have uh, come here for in the first place, the results uh, of the songs. And we'll get into more details about how that all worked out later of uh, the song surveys that you guys took. You took the surveys. Aman and I took the surveys. We put it all together and we have got, uh, for Quinn, we have 16 songs here and we're going to play it from from bottom to top, from 16 all the way to number one to, uh, to figure out what Quinn's most beloved song is is uh from her time on the show so are you ready to do this i'm ready i am ready ready spaghetti all right well let me first ask you a question so of course uh we we have quinn Fabray here quinn or, or, or as we will find out in season two lucy quinn Fabray, who is played by the lovely amazing diana agron uh, let me first ask you about your thoughts of Diana Agron as an actress, as a vocalist, and all the all of that before we actually get into Quinn. I think that Diana Agron uh, portrayed Quinn um, uh, great. I think I think that she did a good job. I think that she was able to inject a lot of humanity into the character. And while that we're, we're you know we're coming to find out. 
um, in the passing years that that wasn't exactly what Ryan Murphy had in store for the character, and it was a little frustrating for him, reportedly. Um, I think, I don't know, I don't know. It's, you, you can kind of take that both ways, I guess. Like, is it a testament to her acting that she was able to sort of, like, provide a more nuanced performance for Quinn? Or is it more of a negative on her part because she wasn't giving <laughs> the director and the showrunner exactly what they wanted in terms of the character? Either way, I think that what Quinn's and quit what Quinn ends up being um, in the beginning of the show is very interesting to watch. So I think that Diana does a good job. I think that Quinn uh, started off lovely. Uh, the ending did not stick, but we can focus on the positive. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Uh, no qualms at all with Diana Agron and uh, what she brought to the show, what she brought to this character. Uh, as you mentioned, yeah, there's a lot of talk about how this wasn't exactly what they were looking for with the Quinn character. And, you know, eventually they're going to try it again with Kitty and try to make uh, this character that they had in the first place, you know, be that cold bitch that just walks through the halls and owns the place. But... I mean, the same kind of thing happened with Kitty, that over time, it's just the audience isn't going to connect with that. Like, And then again, they tried it with Brie. Uh, and how long did Brie last? What, a couple of episodes before, you know, granted, uh, season five ended the way that it did. But that's what they're going for with these characters. And then just the way, the, the natural progression of this show is the Glee Club becoming a family, you know, uh, over time and, and just developing relationships and friendships with each other. And it's impossible to keep them as this cold person. Even the coldest person on the show, uh, well, I guess you could say the two coldest people, uh, Santana and Sue, both have many moments throughout the show where you are allowed into their hearts and into their, you know, good-natured side where, you know, even if you're not going to see it all the time, it's just impossible to keep just a straight-up villain on a show like this. And if that's what Quinn was supposed to be, I'm glad that she didn't end up being that for the whole time because, uh, you know, Diana Agron did a very good job, in my opinion, with everything that uh, we got to see from her throughout the throughout her time, even when the character, again, was not handled with the most care. And as far as vocal. Uh, vocal goes uh, vo the, what am I trying to say vocally I don't know um, you know vocal but, uh, Diana Agron vocal ability vocal talent yeah uh, Diana Agron did not you know join the show because they were like oh this is the best singer on earth she is going to you know blow the house down like you know th that's what Rachel's for that's what Mercedes is for eventually that's what Santana is for uh, but of course I, th I think Diana has an incredible voice uh, many people I <laughs> I know many people who think that she has uh, one of their favorite voices on the show uh, not to say that she's not one of mine but just you know, you know she's just uh, like I don't know. I think she she definitely holds her own. They give her songs that work extremely well for the way that her voice is. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about more, I guess, when we get to the songs. But overall, very solid casting uh, with, with this one. Knocked it out of the park, even if she was cast the uh, like the day before production began. Uh, all, all worked out well. Yeah, um, I've I've I've, you know, for the most part, I've been able to find the positive in all of the voices that we hear on the show. I don't think there really is a terrible singer on the show maybe with the exception of maybe maybe there are definitely a few voices that got a little more more help in post-production a little a little taste help. of the tune uh mm -hmm. as it were but um yeah i i i think that all of the songs that they gave they gave quinn suit her voice and worked for her and i appreciated the diversity so i'm about it yeah. as as sue would say i mean who could you know who wouldn't miss the low what is it low trembling <laughs> tremor of yeah, your I, lower I, alto something like that uh, <laughs> yeah uh out of the two of us you're the one who would uh have the quotes more uh in the back of your mind so if you don't have it i, I don't either but i know what you're talking about 
Um, so let's dive into it. We're uh, we're going to talk through all six seasons here. So buckle up. I uh, hope you're in for the ride with us. And, uh, you know, we're set, you won't have like three of these in your feed at once up or, or at least per week. So, you know, if you're listening to these with us uh, weekly, then, uh, you know, this I have no idea how long this is going to go, but uh, hope you enjoy either way. Uh, we're going to, of course, meet Quinn Fabray in the pilot episode of season one. And Quinn is the cheerleader. She's the HBIC. She is the top of the school. Uh, popularity is everything over at McKinley. And Quinn is uh, exactly in the spot that she is looking to be. She is a sophomore. All of the Glee kids, uh, or most of the Glee kids, sorry, uh, that we meet in season one are going to be sophomores. So plenty of time left for them to uh, stick around McKinley. Quinn, of course, in the pilot, we see that she's Finn's girlfriend. She's the president of the celibacy club. And, you know, we see that she's very, uh, you know, mean girl. She's out there laughing at Rachel's MySpace page she's uh you know since she's dating finn and finn ends up talking to rachel at one point she calls him out on that so you know that quinn from early on is a very iconic version of quinn and you know as much as it doesn't last i love revisiting these episodes where she is like this uh it's not going to last long that she is you know separated from the glee club though in episode two of course showmance Brittany, Santana, and Quinn are going to try out for the Glee Club with uh, Sue eventually, you know, being on board because she's going to have them be spies on the inside. They do their audition with I Say a Little Prayer and they wind their way, you know, wind up inside the Glee Club and they're going to, uh, you know, Quinn's going to keep an eye on Finn and she's also going to, uh, you know, kind of maybe find a uh, an enjoyment out of the singing and dancing. Uh, episode three we get to and Quinn and Santana, of course, Santana's by Quinn's side and Brittany's also kind of there but not much yet uh they are on their first task here they have to disband the glee club by getting rachel to uh to insult mr shoes dance routines and eventually they have dakota stanley hired eventually dakota stanley is not going to work out with them uh which punishes quinn and santana from sue who is going to take away their tanning privileges much <laughs> to the uh disappointment of santana lopez and uh he's already yeah, tan. So I don't understand. Uh, Quinn and Sue have, you know, a little meeting there. And, uh, you know, after seeing the way that Rachel stood up to Dakota Stanley and Quinn's all like, oh, wow, I I guess, you know, maybe I don't have to be mean to everybody just to, you know, at all times or whatever. So that's kind of uh, the first three episodes before we're going to get into the real Quinn plot. But uh, like I said, really enjoy revisiting those uh, early, early days. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is. When we first see her, she's the the, the the HBIC. She got her two cronies on either end, uh, Santana and Brittany, who are going to eventually blossom into fully fleshed out characters of their own. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Sue has complete control over her at this point. And uh, it, was, uh, I, it was, I think this is like some of the more, I think we get the most amount of like comedy from Quinn in this season, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Like whenever she's with Sue, like it's the that's when you get the laughs with Quinn on screen. Otherwise it's a lot of mm-hmm. drama. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, early relationships to track here is uh, obviously Quinn and Finn, uh, which is going to be taking the next step very shortly in the next episode in Preggers. Uh, but Quinn and Sue, yeah, that's a relationship that is going to uh, begin early on here with the two of them. Uh, you know, Quinn is the head Cheerio. Uh, don't know how she got that still. She was a sophomore and somehow she made it to the top of the pyramid uh, early on. Uh, but Sue, you know, has her eye on Quinn because, you know, we're going to hear many times that, you know, you remind me of a young Sue Sylvester. But then by the end of things, 
you know, things things shake out a little bit differently. And Sue sees Quinn in a different light because they're not exactly the same person. But we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, so, yeah, episode four. I'm on the big, big, uh, big news coming from Quinn Fabray. What happens in episode four? Well, the episode title is Preggers. <laughs> I know what and... happens in episode four. <laughs> she pregnant. It's a boy or it's a girl or I don't think she knows that at that point, but it's something. <laughs> Something's coming. Yeah, uh, don't go into a hot tub, and uh, and yeah, because you will get pregnant. And yeah, um, Quinn tells Finn that she is pregnant, even though they did not have sex. Uh, obviously, we find that out. Uh, she tells him though that it is his because apparently he, you know, had a little bit of a slip up in the hot tub, and you know, it swam its way over to Quinn, and uh, boom, we have a baby. Puck, obviously, is uh, the actual father here. We're going to find that out. There was a, a drunken one-night stand. Quinn had one too many wine coolers, and she felt fat that day. Uh, she allowed, you know, Puck to, you know, move in and uh, not move in, uh, move in for the kill there. And uh, they had sex. And, uh, you know, the president of the celibacy club, story writes itself there. Immaculate. The conception. only problem is, she, <laughs> yes, uh, she doesn't want Puck involved. She calls him a lima loser, and she wants no part of him. Uh, the good news, or not, not, not necessarily good news for Quinn, good news for uh, otherware in the Glee universe. We have uh, Terry Schuster, who is faking her pregnancy, finds out that uh, a young 16-year-old is pregnant, and who knows if they're going to keep the baby. So it is all in this episode that Terry's going to end up, you know, finding her way into Quinn's car, asking Quinn for the baby and, and whatnot. So uh, very early on that that's all happening. But, uh, you know, yeah, uh, Quinn doesn't want Puck around, and Finn is freaking out. So that's, you know. Yeah, so this is this is when we really start to see um, the beginning of what motivates Quinn as a character. Um, she's someone that's very interested in status, very interested in image, um, and also has a lot of anxiety about what her future will be um, past high school. You know, we 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 get introduced mm-hmm. to the term Lima loser because apparently kids from Lima don't ever really leave Lima, um, and. I think that she feels as if, okay, well, <clears throat> excuse me, if I had any shot of getting out of here, it's gone. Um, and she tells Finn as such, she's like, I really th- thought that I had a shot of getting out of here. And if she isn't going to get out of here, she'd rather be stuck here with someone whom other people hold in high regard versus someone who we all knew was probably never going to leave Lima to begin with. Um, so she's kind of grasping at whatever stability that she can. Um, we're going to see, of course where some of this might be coming from with when it comes to, you know, the family that she has. But yeah, this mm-hmm. is this is like one of the first conflicts that we see besides her, of course, you know, trying to antagonize the Glee Club with Sue. So yeah yeah uh definitely you know interesting to track her motivations and, and all that stuff throughout you know the the, the not wanting to see, be seen with puck and around puck like she is sh- so ashamed about what she ended up doing with puck that day because you know again she felt fat and she she you know kind of like felt uh, a little bit of weakness within her and then you know ended up you know doing that with a guy that she doesn't even think very highly of we don't know much about puck to this point we're only being told about you know the the fact that they call him a lima loser that's all you really need to know about this guy that uh you know that's what they are presenting to us and as time goes on you know we're gonna see how true we feel about that being for him or or not but either way that's what's being presented here she wants the perfect little guy uh, little he's not very little finn she wants the perfect guy by her side uh all throughout this process and if she's gonna have this baby she wants him there for it 
Um, so as time goes on, we get to episode five. The road's not taken. April stop. Uh, April road stopping by, and Quinn's getting morning sickness while they're rehearsing. Uh, Mister Shu has found out about you know the uh, the baby at this point, but Finn is still lying to everybody else. You know, saying that Quinn's got, uh, getting sick because she had a bad burrito. Uh, but eventually, in this episode, Puck is going to be the one to tell the rest of the Glee Club that she is pregnant, and they're like, "Whose is it?" And Puck's you know Puck is not very happy about this in the first place. He wants to be involved. He knows it's his child. Uh, but he is lying to everybody and he's like, oh, well, it's Finn's, obviously. And eventually the Glee Club's going to tell Rachel. There's a whole lot going on. Of course, the early part of this season is heavily about both Will Schuster and Rachel Berry. But uh, this Quinn storyline starts to come in and really take over and, you know, kind of work its way around. Uh, in Vitamin D in episode six, we see uh, more about Sue and Quinn as Quinn is, you know, having a hard time during Cheerios practice and she's blaming it on being tired from, you know, glee practice. Uh, Quinn and Terry talk about how uh, Quinn eventually tells Terry that she can have the baby, but she does ask Terry for money, which Terry is going to uh, decline and say, I'm going to be paying for 18 years of this child's life. Uh, I think you can cover the first nine months uh, of what you have going on here. Uh, so Terry not being the most uh, supportive potential so, adoptive mother. Su- but... Such trash. Like, if you want that baby, then that's your baby now. Like, so pay for it now. Like Quinn is literally 16 years old. You you know that. Uh, and, you know, she hasn't told her parents yet. So, I mean, it's a whole mess. It's a whole, whole mess. Uh, both what's going on in Terry's timeline and and, and Quinn's timeline. Uh, you know, Quinn has not told her parents yet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously causing some waves in the Cheerios world as Sue is, uh, you know, kind of starting to notice something is going on here. Um, in episode seven in Throwdown, we see Finn talking about how he wants to name the baby Drizzle. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah, I mean, what what other names are there besides uh, Drizzle? So, uh, Out of Wedlock. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I tried to come up with something funny, but we couldn't. Keep working on it. Uh, Sue is snooping around in lockers of, uh, of the students. She comes across a pair of panties in JBI's locker. Uh, you'll remember that they are Rachel's panties who gave them to JBI so that he would not announce Quinn's pregnancy on his blog. Sue, however, is going to tell JBI to run the story. And now Quinn's pregnancy is going to be announced to the whole school. Uh, Finn is trying to comfort her because uh, Sue also reveals it to the Glee Club. She tells, you know, it's about to go everywhere. So might as well tell the people that you know and love just, you know, uh, early on that uh, Quinn is pregnant. And at the end of episode seven, this is a very big moment for Quinn because not only is she in the Glee Club and, you know, she's been there for a while now. She is getting a full showing of support for them as they sing to her. Keep holding on. This episode, episode seven, is Quinn's first gold star from us. I do have a track uh, in my notes of as we gave her gold stars, so I'll flag that up along the way. Uh, Episode seven, the first Quinn gold star came from me. And uh, yeah, keep holding on. They're really trying to show her that they're there for her. Yeah. Besides Sue not being there for her. This is one of the hallmark moments of Glee, um, delivering us one of the most iconic numbers in Keep Holding On. Just one of the first times that the Glee Club comes together outside of uh, performances to show support for one of their own. And Quinn is going through such a, a rough time dealing with the pregnancy, dealing with Puck, dealing with Finn and this lie, dealing and now dealing with, uh, with Terry's crazy ass and Kendra's crazy ass by proxy. It's just a mess. Mm-hmm. So you really just begin to 
uh, it kind of gets away from her. In in the beginning, you're like at least for me watching this progress. I was not Team Quinn because I didn't like the fact that I mean I, under, I understand the predicament being sixteen years sixteen years old. You don't know what to do. You're scared. You you, you all this stuff is just piling on top of you. But this monstrous sure. lie of trying to trap Finn into fatherhood never really sat well with me. Um, but then as things begin to unravel a bit more, and then you see her being tugged in all of these directions, you're just like, girl, like the girl is just a mess, and there really isn't anyone mm-hmm. that she can turn to. Uh, like who 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 can she turn to? Like she doesn't really have any real friends. Like Santana and Brittany, like they're like non-existent at this point. And Sue, like you, she's not gonna tell Sue. Like what's Sue gonna do? Like it's just she's alone. Yeah, Sue Sue is the one who told JBI to run the story. He's not you know she's not being any kind of support system for Quinn by any means. Uh, she's if anything annoyed at the fact that her head cheerleader is uh, knocked up and is gonna be you know cause like she wants Sue wants to get in front of the story. She wants to you know make sure that this is I guess done on her uh, her timeline or whatever. Like she knows that this is not gonna be a good thing for her, and uh, we're gonna see how things play out as eventually she's gonna end up you know kicking uh, Quinn off the Cheerios. But you know uh, yeah like you said she's not getting support and uh, my gold star for this episode came in because you just see the struggle that Quinn is going through you see how much she now has on her shoulders and we're going to find out like you said uh, about her family life and just how how rough of a time she has going through this all because of that one day where she just felt fat and just kind of you know uh, trusted Puck and well I I don't know if do do we know okay stupid question that's not I was going to say do we know if they used a condom very very clear that that was not (laughs) the case well, because yeah, I mean, it's obviously you know just because you wear a condom. They did. Right? Not, not I think if they if they did. had, they would have said so. They never mentioned right, okay. one. Never mentioned a condom. Let's just uh, move on from that. But uh, yeah, so um, point being, she had a, a rough day, and it turned into all of this. And this is uh, this is where Quinn's at now. So. Um, that's that. Uh, we continue on into season one. Uh, we get to the mashup, not, not the, the, the episode title mashup, uh, even though the mashups themselves happen in episode six. Uh, Finn and Quinn, their popularity is really tanking here. Uh, Finn gets slushied by Karofsky, uh, who is telling them that they don't have the popularity juice anymore to do anything about this. They go to Emma's office to ask Emma, what do we do to make ourselves cool again? And, uh, you know, they end up wearing sunglasses all around the school to, I guess, hide their shame an embarrassment or whatever it is and this is the episode right here uh episode eight where sue is going to kick quinn off the cheerios uh quinn's uh, really like wasn't the uh the the cause for this uh sue was in a really bad mood because she caught rod remington kissing uh his co-worker of course uh andrea carmichael and sue was in a very bad mood and she took it out on quinn by kicking her off the cheerios when she got back to school the, that day so uh things are just going from bad to worse uh, Finn and Quinn over in the next episode, episode nine wheels, uh, they're watching Cheerios practice. Now that Quinn's off the team, uh, and Quinn is uh, going to start approaching Finn about financial difficulties with the pregnancy. Yeah. Finn, you got to find a job. You gotta, you gotta figure this out. And he, uh, he's not, you know, he's not working right now. Uh, somebody who does offer some money is uh, Puck. Puck is going to come up to her with $18 cash and uh, she's not interested in it. She's like, no, Puck, not happening. I'm, I'm going to go to the grave swearing that this is Finn's baby. And Puck's like, but I don't understand. Like, I'm not a screw up like you think I am. Like my dad is. I can offer you like a home and a family. And, uh, you know, she's she's starting to come around a little bit on him, but. It's still, you know, not clicking 100% just yet, especially because by the end of this episode, Finn does have a job. He, uh, you know, him and Rachel, remember, they rolled into the uh, into a job and got Finn uh, some kind of 
minimum wage job at like a local restaurant uh, because he was in the wheelchair. They were like, you can't turn down somebody in a wheelchair from getting uh, from being hired. It's just like crazy. It's like at this point, you have to know that this is going to come crashing down because how is Finn going to be able to pay for a child when the both of you haven't even finished school yet? <laughs> it's just kind of crazy to me. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I would have taken that $18 and just got myself something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that was, you know, uh, Puck taking the money from Artie's uh, wheelchair money from the bake sale and all that, which was, you know, oh, yeah, true. pretty <laughs> crappy in the first place. Quinn's like, I'm not taking money from our friend that's in a wheelchair. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, so that's that. But yeah, as I mentioned, now it's going to be time to uh, tell the parents and not just tell them, but, you know, we have to meet them. Uh, Quinn is very upset because Finn is eventually going to tell his mom about the pregnancy. And now she's worried that her parents are going to find out. Uh, We see in this episode, episode 10 ballad that uh, she's trying on a dress and we see her mom and her mom kind of takes a little notice here that the dress is not fitting Quinn the way that, you know, maybe it usually would or or something. So her mom notices something's going on. Eventually they're going to have Finn over for dinner with, uh, you know, Quinn's mom and dad at dinner. Finn's having a hard time getting through uh, the dinner because he's very nervous. He ends up, you know, getting on the phone with Kurt, who is going to be like, oh, yeah, like do this plan that we talked about, which involves Finn singing to Quinn. You're having my baby at dinner. Quinn is embarrassed. She's not very happy with this. She's angry uh, that he's doing it like this. But eventually she kind of, you know, kind of comes around on it. She's like looking at him like, oh, this is kind of cute, actually. (laughs) But of course, that's not going to last long because by the end of this episode, Quinn's father is not very happy with uh, the news he is finding out. I mean, no one wants to sit there after eating and watch this teenager talk about how he impregnated your daughter. (laughs) Like, what kind of dessert is that? This is not on the menu, sir. Uh, but yeah. okay, yeah. This was a, this was a very awkward scene. This I don't. I, sometimes when I'm watching alone, I'll, I'll skip through this because it's just so. Oh, uh. I mean, you know what's going to happen. We've been w- winding up to this point for a number of episodes, but once it actually happens, it's, you're still not really prepared for it. And of course, uh, her dad is going to freak out and throw her out of the house. And Quinn just cannot catch any kind of break. Any kind of break. I hope that the sex was worth it. I hope that he took you there every time, <laughs> as Becky Stop. would say. That's, that's Becky. Yeah. Um, we get the insight to Quinn's family here. Uh, you know, her mom uh, her mom and her dad, definitely uh, very wealthy people. And we see, you know, Quinn's living in a, a nice little house over there. She has an older sister who apparently is very, you know, doing well for herself. She's married to a nice guy that has money as well. So, you know, they're looking to Quinn to just be, you know, the final piece in their perfect family. And, you know, they want to have Finn over because it seems like he's a nice guy and he's, you know, the, ca- the captain of the football team. It seems like Quinn found herself the right guy to... Uh, to potentially be spending time with if she's going to be with anybody at all. But then, of course, uh, as things take a turn and they find out that their daughter is pregnant, that is not what they wanted, or at least what uh, her father had any interest in. So things are not going well for her at home. Uh, She is eventually going to have to move in to Finn's house. He, you know, of course, brings her back. And Carol Hudson, that angel herself, is like, of course, honey, you can stay with us. And they go back to school. The next day, the Glee kids are all going to sit down with Finn and Quinn and sing Lean On Me to 
make sure they know that they have support both, uh, you know, at Finn's home now and with them. So, you know, every step along the way here throughout season one, we're seeing from the Glee kids that they are there for her, that they want to support her, both of them, uh, really, but especially Quinn as she goes through this tough time. So it's really, you know, comforting to see. Episode 11, Hairography. Uh, we see Quinn is uh, still having a hard time deciding if uh, she made the wrong decision in cutting Puck out of the situation and choosing Finn completely. Uh, so she's going to talk to Kendra and Terry, and she decides that actually she wants to keep the baby. She decided that she's going to give Puck a chance, and uh, why don't we volunteer to babysit for Kendra's kids? And that's exactly what they do with those three awful children. Uh, and by the time that the night's over, uh, they've, you know, they sing to the kids uh, with uh, Papa Don't Preach is here and Quinn sings Pucks on guitar. And uh, she's actually pretty impressed, I get, like I said, with the way that that, uh, that all goes down. But by the end of this episode, uh, things are a mess again because Santana is going to get involved here and tell Quinn that the entire night that they were together, Puck and Santana had been sexting. So she's like, check his phone if you don't believe me. Uh, those texts are too... Uh, too good for him to ever delete. So they're 100% still there. And uh, with that all said, she's going to again decide to change her mind and she is going to not want to keep the baby at this point. So she checks back in with Finn at the end of the episode. They're both feeling guilty because she was off with Puck and Finn has been off with Rachel uh, at this point a little bit. Uh, but they're back on the same page now. They're going to give up the baby or she she wants to give up the baby. Um, but yeah, it's getting messy here with, with the Puck and Santana of it all. And uh, this episode, you and I both gave Quinn a gold star. Yeah, she, this, hmm. Looking back on it, I'm just like, what a flip-flopper she really is. I mean, and it's understandable. I mean, she's going through a lot, trying to figure out what's, like, the best path to take, given all of the shit that she's been through. Um, but I did find it endearing that the two of them did go over to that house and babysit those kids and try to actually, because this is the first time they are actually seeing Quinn and Puck actually spend time together outside of the halls of McKinley because we just get nothing but backstory with them, right? Like, it's yep. Quinn and Finn are together, up, oh, but we flash back to them screwing around. We don't even really flash back to it. We just get them here talking about it. And now we're actually seeing the chemistry that actually does exist between the two of them. So it's not just uh, the case of a, a one-night stand kind of thing. No, there was some flirtation going on there. Um, and that's the first time that we get to see that. So um, I'm glad that we did because it just yeah. gives you so much more context as to why she may have been in the position to get drunk off those wine holders in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And it's important, obviously, to, to flag up with with all of this puck stuff that, you know, by the end of the show and the two of them are going to end up together. Uh, once we get to seasons five and season six, we know that the two of them are, are still together or they get back together at a certain point. So I really took a lot of no, uh, a lot of attention as I was going back through all of this stuff and remembering every opportunity that Quinn and Puck had together. Uh, we're going to get to this also in season six, uh, sorry, season three, when Rachel tells Quinn, I really think that you and Puck are, are meant to be. I really think there's something there between you two. And uh, I guess we'll hold off on the actual discussion of these two about, you know, if we think that, that was the right answer, if we believe it or not. Um, but it's just as we're going along here, seeing their progression and their relationship, because Quinn, of course, was initially attracted to Puck uh, in the way in just from like, I guess, an aesthetic standpoint by the fact that she let him come over and they did it. Uh, but, you know, now she's like you said, we're, you know, we're, we're seeing them in an outside of school perspective to see what their 
relationship uh, is like, if there is anything at all. But Puck is still the Lima Heights bad boy, the uh, the uh, the Lima loser. And, you know, while he is hanging out with this woman uh, or I guess she's still, you know, a little uh, not a little girl hanging out with Quinn at this point. uh, And she's he's sexting Santana. So it's like, all right, this guy maybe does suck and maybe I shouldn't invest my time into him. But she's figuring it all out. Uh, the next episode, Mattress, the yearbook photos are being taken. Quinn wants to be back on the Cheerios. She's going to blackmail Sue. And she's like, uh, well, the Cheerios make money, uh, you know, because remember, the Glee Club is uh, going to have an issue here where they were paid in mattresses. Uh, and she's like, well, the Cheerios got plenty of swag over the years as well, which could disqualify us from competition. So Sue has no choice but to let her back on the squad. But uh, Quinn instead is going to say, actually, no, that's not what I want to do. But I want you to give up one of the yearbook pages that you have, give it to the Glee Club because I want to be with people who accept me for who I am. Uh, So of course, that's how things all go down there. Sue admits, you know, Quinn, I uh, forgot just how ruthless you really are. And, uh, Quinn thanks Sue for pretty much indirectly teaching her this lesson. So I also give, uh, Quinn another gold star here as we're seeing, you know, the relationship between these two continue and, uh, kind of split up a little bit because you, you did think that they might be a similar character, but as time goes on, you really see that, uh, Quinn, you know, straying a lot more towards the good side and Quinn is still just evil, evil, evil. So that's that. That's that's mattress. So th- we're already up to three gold stars for me on the season. So, as have mentioned, big, yeah, I mean, big this is like one of the one moments of Quinn's character where she does, you know, lean more towards the side of the Glee Club. I mean, especially after what they did for her a few episodes back with the whole keep holding on of it all. Um, yeah, we 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 see Quinn, you know, really come to terms with like what is right and what is wrong, and she's able to 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 get one over on Sue. Yeah, which is uh, not not a thing many people do, but uh, that's you know that's why Sue's always so shocked when it does happen. Uh, she like t- gets taken aback and looks at Quinn, and she's like, "Wow, I, I I knew that I was dealing with something special here. I mean, I made you the captain of my uh, of my Cheerio squad at one point, but you know they've been separated for a bit." And she's like, "Damn, you are good." Uh, sectionals is going to come around and, uh, what's going on here? We have Rachel telling Finn that Puck is the real father of Quinn's child, which of course is going to anger Finn, uh, beyond belief. Him and Puck are going to get into a big fight in the choir room as Quinn is going to be very upset and admit to Finn that yes, Puck is the father. Uh, she tries to apologize to him, but Finn wants no part of this. He breaks up with her and quits the club and he's, he's out. He wants nothing to do with anything here at sectionals. Uh, eventually, you know, he'll make his way back, but, uh, Rachel apologizes to Quinn for for telling Finn the truth, it, you know, it wasn't her business, but uh, she did tell him. So Quinn, you know, Quinn and Rachel, we get that scene of them sitting on like a bench in the hallway. And Quinn says that she's not mad at her. She, you know, probably should have told him much sooner. Uh, this wasn't a, a, the right thing that she did in the first place, but she did it and uh, she has to deal with this now. It's, you know, it was going to get out eventually. So she's not mad at Rachel. Uh, the next episode, hello, not much happening here. Finn is just going to be singing still about how he has feelings for Quinn through uh, hello, I love you. Uh, throughout the hallways there. Uh, The Power of Madonna, not much happening with Quinn there, but a little bit of uh, extra character details. She talks to Mr. Schuster about the sexism in society, the lower salaries for women, and uh, all of a sudden we end up with Madonna as the lesson for the week. So, you know, not everything about uh, Quinn is about the baby. We still get details of her along the way, her religion, her, you know, putting women first. Eventually later on in season three, she's going to vote for Britney because she's the most girl... uh, Oh, right. No. Yeah, she does. She votes for Brittany. Um, 
So little details uh, that are being added. Uh, but then we're going to get to a part of the season that's really going to kick us into uh, into uh, a faster speed as we get towards the end, as Quinn and Mercedes are going to link up here. Mercedes is now a Cheerio, and uh, she is going to be caught by Quinn starving herself to get thinner, uh, something that Quinn can relate to. Mercedes collapses at one point, and Quinn is going to come up to her and say, uh, you know, I get it. I used to throw up to, to stay skinny, but being pregnant made me see the importance of just being healthy and she tells mercedes you know you're beautiful just the way you are and they become friends and this is going to kick off into the rest of the season with uh with these two quinn finally having somebody you know coming to her because rachel was was doing something that i think she thought was going to help quinn in the long run but mercedes uh you know and, and quinn being like forming a friendship here is way more apparent than that situation was with rachel i love this choice i do Thank you, writers. This was awesome because we really don't see Quinn developing any other friendships specifically. You know, like we see we, she's she's granted uh, Quinn, excuse me, she's granted Brittany and Santana, first and foremost. That obviously doesn't work that that much out because Santana is who she is. Um, and then all the other relationships that she has that are close are with guys, Puck and Finn. Um, so it's nice to see her actually reap the benefits of specific people in the Glee Club and Mercedes actually being there for her was uh, was great. Now, it doesn't really pan out that well going forward, but I appreciate the step. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just to cut ahead, uh, you know, to, uh, I'm going to bounce around a little bit here. Uh, episode 18 was uh, laryngitis and we see Quinn and Mercedes uh, having a little discussion here because Mercedes is interested in Puck or Puck's interested in her and Quinn's like yeah go ahead you can try it out with him but uh, you have to be careful Santana also wants Puck and of course that's going to lead us into a very epic duet with Mercedes and Santana that's uh, not really for this podcast but um, as far as we know right now uh, Quinn you know is now living with Puck after the whole Finn thing shook out. So she had no other choice. She couldn't go home. She is no longer welcomed at Finn's home. So she's uh, over at Puck's house. So that's that. But uh, we have to take a stop down here in bad reputation uh, as the Glist, the famous Glist arrives at McKinley and uh, the Glee kids are all ranked based on who is the most sexually promiscuous and who's at the top of the list, but Quinn Fabray. And uh, she's claiming that Rachel is the one who made the list because, you know, she's she's got a grudge against Quinn. Uh, Will eventually is going to realize that it was Quinn behind this list after an entire episode worth of dis- uh, of uh, playing detective. But she's having <laughs> a really hard imposter. time here. Emergency meeting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Emergency meeting is held. Uh, she she just is having a really hard time here. She can't deal with being invisible. She feels like, you know, having a bad reputation is better than, uh, you know, have, having a reputation for this is better than not having anything at all. Uh, and Will is trying to reassure her one day you will have it all back and, and even more. You know, the popularity, whatever you want in life, you are somebody who will be able to achieve it. So you're going through a tough time, but you will get it all back together someday. You don't need to be at the top of a list to, uh, to have, you know, to feel good about yourself and you know eventually uh figgins is going to come by and be like so will who is it who am i suspending and she was like i don't know figgins i I don't know nobody came forward about it so we just have to move on and figgins is like all right i guess you're right i mean i haven't seen one made lately so quinn gets away with that but uh she was trying there she's really struggling she's really really struggling this is going to become a pattern for quinn whenever she's feeling negatively about herself she lashes out and does something really rash in order to feel something 
Um, and it usually is always misguided and actually ends up having the, the negative effect until someone calls her on her bullshit and then she sees the light. Um, but yeah, this is, this is probably the first, pa- first of the pattern that we're going to see throughout the rest of our time on the show. Yeah. Uh, episode 20, theatricality. We, uh, we get our infamous Beth performance. Puck is, uh, suggesting to name the, uh, name the oh baby God, Jackie I Daniels. I cannot get over that name, Beth. It's just like so weird. Like, <laughs> Beth. <laughs> yeah, not a uh, exactly a, a twenty a two thousand and nine uh, baby name, but it ends up being one. Uh, so yeah, he wants to name the baby Jackie Daniels, but of course that's not going to land. He eventually is going to sing Beth with all the other Glee kids and Quinn. Uh, I, I don't know if she's agreeing on Beth exactly in this moment. She does end up essentially agreeing that Puck is you know has permission to be there when the baby is born and and to just be sticking around and you know while this is all going on. Uh, in the next episode, we're slowly making our way towards uh, the pregnancy or t- sorry towards the birth. Uh, Quinn is going to in episode twenty one sing uh, it's a man's 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 world with the uh, unwed mothers club and uh, she brings in a group of uh, very heavily pregnant backup dancers with her and uh, I know that's a performance that you uh, took a very strong uh, out of liking to or uh, uh, laughing about just as, I, uh, I just approach it with just incredulity like it's just <laughs> <laughs> this is a man's world all right, we'll get to that with the, the songs. Just Excited the revolving fetuses. I'm just and this the episode is funk. So she comes out and she's like trying to like show off her funky side, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is I, this is just you know filling time before we get to episode 22. It's like we have 22 episodes. We got to do something with episode 21. Uh, still not a huge fan of of the funk episode, but hey, I gave her a gold star in that episode, so I was definitely at least a fan of Quinn there. Um, and ep- by the end of this episode, uh, Mercedes has invited Quinn to come live at her house instead of at Puck's house, which I think is the, the best place for Quinn to be at this point. Uh, Puck's house, you know, it- it's a home, but it sounds like she wasn't even having a great time there. You know, being around Puck 24-7, her mo- Puck's mom wasn't letting Quinn have any bacon, uh, which she was upset about. And uh, she ends up moving in with Mercedes before we get to uh, the final episode of the season. So that's that. And then we get to the end of season one, and Quinn is going to be at uh, re- uh, regionals with the New Directions. Mm-hmm. They go on, they perform. She is going to find her mother backstage, who tells Quinn that she kicked out her dad because he was having an affair. Uh, so lots of drama at the Fabray house. Uh, she wants Quinn to move back in with, you know, with the baby. <laughs> I kicked of course. him out because he kicked you out. So you can come back, so you can kick me out. <laughs> <laughs> But as they are discussing this, uh, Quinn's water breaks. Bad timing there. Uh, or strange timing there. Uh, Quinn's water breaks. She is rushed to the hospital with the entire Glee Club by her side, uh, of course, excluding Rachel. She gets to the hospital. We know the deal from from here on out. Uh, Mercedes is going to come to the room with her as well as Puck. Vocal adrenaline, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Just next thing you know, baby Beth is born. Let me go! <laughs> Galileo, Galileo, Bigoro. <laughs> Baby Beth is welcomed to the world uh, through a performance of Bohemian Rhapsody in a moment that both of us have been very, very high on. Uh, really big fans of the masterpiece that they put together in Glee Season 1, Episode 22. 
And uh, Beth is born. She asks Puck, did you ever love me? And he says he did. He did. And he still does. Uh, Shelby, of course, is going to end up adopting Beth. Shelby has been around for the past couple episodes now, uh, mostly dealing with Rachel. But uh, we, you know, what we know of Shelby to this point is, you know, she gave up Rachel for adoption and she wants to have a second chance at having a child. And uh, she's not able to have one on her own. So she's going to end up being the loving mother to baby Beth. And uh, that's that. Uh, she, uh, Quinn gets a gold star from Mike Bloom in this episode as uh, Mike was very uh, ju- just wanted to acknowledge. Uh, yeah, he you was know, just the... coming. He was on a high. He was on a uh, baby daddy high. <laughs> Yeah, he was uh, he was like, I've seen this before. I know what this is like. He's like, props to the mom. Always props to the mom. So Quinn got the gold star from him there. And uh, and that's that. That's season one. Quinn goes through quite the journey there. You know, she, of course, gets pregnant and that becomes her main story throughout. But we still get to learn a lot of things about her along the way. We get to uh, to start to see some friendships grow with Mercedes. There is a dynamic with Rachel. We don't exactly know. Are they friends? Are they enemies? They are fighting over the same guy, but it doesn't seem all that tense uh, as, as much as you would think that it would be. Uh, she has the baby. She's still got, you know, something going on with Puck. She's, uh, you know, she's a main character here. And sadly, this is really the last time, the only season where she is going to be that main, main character. Yeah, she really does take a bit of a backseat when she has that baby. It's like, okay, well, once you're... <laughs> kind of speaks to a higher commentary it's like once you're done having kids it's over for you mama like <laughs> <sighs> but um yeah it, this it really does establish quinn as a major player in the glee series probably the second uh female protagonist outside of rachel maybe you could even make a case for terry and emma as well like definitely those four women were like the the focal point of the season um mm-hmm. and i uh this was probably the most engaging that she's ever been maybe with you know she has a few moments in season two and in season three but um yeah this was this was the foundation of quinn's character and i feel like it was a really really strong beginning it was dynamic it had ups it had downs it had drama it had twists it had turns it had moments of happiness that were soon fleeting it was it was good i um i appreciate it and a little there's a little splash of comedy in there as well like this is a man's man's world is just like absurd but um yeah Happy for Fully absurd, but <laughs> great stuff. Uh, yeah, from, from Quinn here. And I'm excited to get into her performances from season one. When we get to all of that, we'll, uh, you know, keep it all together at the end of this podcast. Um, but yeah, so that's season one, um, which is going to carry us into season two, uh, Aman, as uh, Quinn is, you know, back at school with the New Directions. And uh, tell us all about Quinn in season two. Yeah, so season two is really about the recovery of Quinn. Um, she's been through such an ordeal uh, in the first season with the pregnancy. Um, and she just kind of wants to regain her life back. So we're going to see the from the very first episode, she is all about getting back on track. She wants to regain her high pony. She wants to get back on the Cheerio. She's going to go as far as to go to Sue and snitch on Santana about getting a boob job which for Sue, that's a big no-no. She needs for her Cheerios to have the utmost confidence in themselves or else what is she training them for? And uh, once she finds out, she demotes Santana to the bottom of the pyramid and reinstates Quinn as the head Cheerio, which is going to cause Quinn and Santana to get into a huge fight in the hallway, which Mr. Shu has to break up. Um, but yeah, yeah she's, uh, uh, she's if, back if on I top. can. 
if I can indulge you, uh, would you like to watch or and listen to this fight? I have it on our playlist that uh, that is sure. on your computer, and I, I would love to include this in Quinn's podcast. So uh, what you guys are about to hear is the fight with uh, the infamous Quinn versus Santana. So take a listen. about my summer surgery. You have a surgery when you get your appendix out. You got a boob job. Yep, sure did. You can't hit me. Well, sure I can, unless you got yourself knocked up again, slut. Stop the violence. Hey, 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 what is this? What happened to this being a family? Hey. Oh, please. She has a family. She's a mother. Walk away and tighten up your body before you get to Tighten up your pony before you get to class. Okay, okay, <laughs> Gwen. Nice comeback. Incredible uh, stuff there. And um, stop the violence. Yeah. Do us. Do another one, Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> Just an iconic, iconic scene between uh, Quinn and Santana. And uh, Santana's really gonna emerge in season two, and we'll talk about her when we talk about her. But uh, just if not my favorite scene of all time from the show, top five. <laughs> yeah, Santana gets into a bunch of fights this season. She's she's lucky that, I mean, she was able to kind of get away unscathed with this one, but uh, she won't be so lucky in the future. But we'll 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 get to that when we talk about Santana. But um, you got a boob job. <laughs> I wonder how she found out about that. I mean, I guess they were still friends over the summer. So it, yeah. I guess it must be, she must be opportunistic here. It's just like, wow, Quinn, like Santana. I mean, yeah, granted Santana, well, we don't really see Santana being rude to Quinn that much in season one. So for her to like do this to her is sort of like really bitchy. So maybe, maybe Quinn is actually see, worse than Santana is. It's just, it's the, the problem that uh, many fans of the Unholy Trinity have, you know, of course, with the show, because we're presented this group at the beginning. They do I Say a Little Prayer, and it's like, these are the three Cheerios that join, and they spend a lot of their time in the Glee Club in their Cheerios uniform, and you look at them as this iconic trio that we that we love uh, as much as we do, and it's just such a such a sad thing how few interactions they have. Like if you were making a YouTube compilation of all of the unholy Trinity scenes, it would be under ten minutes long. Uh, you know they check in here and there, and then and sometimes you get them in the middle of a performance. You'll get like the three of them dancing together to kind of you know bring them back together. And you know there's a couple of things, especially in the later seasons, they come back together for a couple of performances. But wish that there was more. You know Quinn and Brittany did not say one line to each other throughout the entire show uh maybe maybe one uh but yeah quinn and santana obviously have their own story that's really gonna you know uh kind of st so it, it starts i guess in the beginning it really picks up here and then we'll uh, get to season four when we get to season four but uh we're, we're on season two now so sorry uh sorry to uh, take that little detour oh I'm not sorry about it because we got to play that clip but uh as you were <laughs> saying about season two yeah so she they get in that fight um the next time we see from the next time we see Quinn is when she's trying to seduce Finn into going back out with her. 
Um, she uses the popularity angle. Like, we're both, you know, making our way back on top. Your quarterback, I'm hit Cheerio again. Like, let's make it happen. But Finn is going to deny it, and she's going to later go ahead and tell Rachel. Now, uh, we find out that this is all a ruse from Rachel to go and see if Finn actually still cared for her. Um, and Quinn seemed a little disappointed. So, I mean, the last we saw uh, from Quinn in season one was that she was having a conversation about how, uh, whether or not, you know, the feelings that Quinn and Puck had for each other were real or not. And now we're seeing, okay, well, it looks like Quinn wants to go into recovery mode, but she also kind of wants to get back in with Finn. So there's that. But the main obstacle to that is the arrival of Mr. Sam Evans, uh, whom everyone automatically puts the pair of them together. Uh, Kurt wants Sam to join the Glee Club because he has a crush on him. Everybody else just wants Sam to join the Glee Club because, one, you know, they need members because the New Direction always needs members. Um, and on top of that, it's duets week in Glee Club, and they're like, perfect, perfect. Quinn and Sam, they can be together. They can sing a duet. They're like, perfect together. They're like, both blonde, they're both beautiful. Let's make it happen. Um, so, uh, they, uh, they start rehearsing their duet together, getting to know one another. One of the hallmark moments between the two of them before any of this happens is that she saves him or it helps him after he gets slushied in the face by one of by a few of the football players explaining like, yeah, like I, uh, I went through the same thing at the end of my school year last year after I found everybody found out I was pregnant. I kind of like lost all of my status and I was on the bottom of the totem pole. So I totally get what you're, what you're feeling. They get closer as time goes along. Sam eventually tries to kiss her at one point. She panics because she's like, you know what? No, I, this is this year is supposed to be about me. I really shouldn't be focused on any guys right now. I just I don't I don't want to go down that path again. Um, so she ends up calling off the duet, but of course because of Rachel and Finn scheming, more Rachel scheming, um, they get mm-hmm. coaxed back into doing it again. So we're gonna get their performance of Lucky together. And the two of them end up winning because Rachel and Finn, you know, scam the votes and they end up going to breadsticks. Yeah, uh, the the not rifle winners by uh, by a long shot. We know that uh, Mercedes and Santana deserved that win. Um, But the whole point of all of that, yeah, like you said, was to get uh, Sam to enjoy his time in the Glee Club and want to make him stay. And yeah, the Quinn Sam shippers out there, if they uh, genuinely exist past season two, you know, I'm sure that they weren't very happy with the way that things are going to play out for the two of them. But when you get the when you get them started, we talked a little bit about how Sam was, you know, supposed to be he was brought onto the show. Potentially, Court Overstreet was going to maybe be a love interest for Kurt, uh, which, which he was. But, you know, uh, it could have been reciprocated if things played out in a different way. Uh, but obviously, when Sam got to uh, got over to the Glee Club and on set, you know, we hear about how. There was just some there was something there. There was a little bit of a spark between our two blondes, uh, between Quinn and Sam. And it seemed like that was something worth exploring more than it was with Kurt. And of course, Kurt's love interest is about uh, two episodes away from showing up. So he will be just fine with uh, somebody else. And Sam is going to really attach himself to Quinn as the long hair Sam with the big trouty mouth lips is is arriving. And really, you know, it's not just Sam. I'm sorry. It's not just Kurt and Quinn who are, you know, kind of taken back by Sam. Everybody's looking around like, who is this Mm -hmm. hot boy that just joined the Glee Club and is uh, about to spend some time with us? So uh, Quinn is just the lucky one who gets to spend the most time with him. Yeah. um, 
at Breadsticks, she wants to clarify that this really isn't a date. Um, but when Sam kind of opens up to her about how he admires her because he's heard all the rumors about what she went through last year and he also knows what it's like to hold a secret. She's thinking that he's about to come out to her, but really he's just talking about how he squeezes lemon juice in his hair. And of course, Kurt was able to figure it out that he that it wasn't natural. Um, and <laughs> that sort of like really made her feel a little bit more connected with him. And so she decides after all that this is a first date. So... After all of this talk about this this you know year being her year to focus on herself, she's right back into her <laughs> right back into her usual uh, routine of finding a guy to help define her image. So there we are with that Quinn and Sam, mm-hmm. the first the first girl that Sam snags. And you know it's it's significant because we we saw that uh, Quinn in the end of the last season was with Puck, right? She was with Puck. She was with Finn for part of the season, and now here we are in season uh, season two, and she's you know kind of immediately kind of hitting it off with uh, with a different guy that's not either one of the two of them. So uh, you know the doors are by, by no means closed for the two of them, but it's time to try other things. You know, junior in high school, uh, see what else is out there. Yeah. This um so the the next few episodes are really gonna be um whenever we see Quinn it's really the the story of what's going on with with her relationship with Sam um uh, he is uh they're 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 making out uh at a point they get involved in this whole like scheme with uh, is this the because this is the part where the the guys are like cooling down by imagining Coach Beast in compromising positions. Is that around yes. this era? I believe it is, yeah. So yeah. Yep. Sam is yeah. also going to take part in that bullshit, which is going to, like, freak her out. But they're able to move past that to the point where they get so close that Sam feels like he just wants to go ahead and get down on one knee. <laughs> mm-hmm. She starts freaking out because, of course, she's thinking, what is this? This is a marriage proposal? Oh, no, 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 no. I just had a baby last year. I'm trying to get my shit back together. I just started dating you. The last thing that was on my, on my mind is marriage. Um, but Sam clarifies that it's just... A promise ring like this is just a promise that i will be devoted to you and that i will save myself for you and all of that because you know they that is another thing that they have in common is that they share their faith um he's also a christian just like she is so celibacy is something that the both of them are comfortable with at least now it is for sam we'll find out that's not the case mm-hmm. later on but um <laughs> um yeah so uh she tells him that it's a maybe it's not a yes not a no it's a maybe um but that maybe gets shifted into a yes because um, concurrently this whole thing with Karofsky and Kurt is really, really coming to a head um, to the point where Rachel calls together a meeting with all the Glee girls. Most of them have boyfriends that are on the football team. They're like, maybe we should get our boyfriends to team up on Karofsky and let them know to lay off of Kurt and like, like let's, let's get this shit together. Um, Finn doesn't really take that much of a lead or take that much of an initiative for it. However, Sam does sort of like go leading into the charge and comes out of the altercation with a black eye, which Quinn is going to find very, very hot, very endearing, <laughs> very charming, and is going to tell him as such when they, uh, you know, afterwards. And like, well, I think it was really, really sweet how you stuck up for Kurt and uh, you haven't even noticed that I... I'm wearing the ring, the promising that you gave me after I stole it out of your locker. So it looks like things are getting a little bit more serious between the two of them. Yeah, she stole the promise ring out of his locker by uh, breaking in with a nail file. So uh, that's that's uh, what Quinn's up to. So, yeah, she's definitely taking a liking to him. You know, who wouldn't? Who, you know, if if 
Cordover Street shows up at your school, who's not falling for him? Uh, and like I said, Quinn's going to be the lucky girl who gets to, uh, to you know, spend some time with him. Uh, we get, mm-hmm. you know, this is uh, th- this episode is uh, Furt. It's the marriage of uh, Carol Hudson and Bert Hummel. And uh, one of my favorite Quinn and Sam episodes. I mean, I just love the entire Quinn and Sam era. It's like, I don't need it to be Endgame by any means. Uh, it doesn't make sense for it to be Endgame by any means. But these two young kids that are just, you know, kind of just flirting and having a good time. Like, you know, there, there's, I don't know. I just ship them for what they were. I don't need any more or any less of uh, Quinn and Sam. It was just, I really enjoy this time of the two of them together. And when they're singing Marry You, I just love their little uh, verse. Uh, in that song so it's not going to come up you know it's not a Quinn song so it's not going to come up today but just shouting that out um so what else? Yeah, it's just uh, it's all obviously building up here to what's going to be coming up in uh, episode nine in the next episode as uh, the Quinn and Sam dynamic is really catching hold in the Glee Club and it's going to be so pre- uh, prevalent that they're going to end up being put front and center. Yeah, they are the new it couple. I mean, Finn and Rachel have been on the rocks and been a mess and all sorts of bullshit for a while now. And uh, Mr. Shu decides, you know, maybe it's time that we put other people at the forefront of this of this group. And so Finn, or excuse me, uh, Quinn and Sam get the Finn and Rachel spot and open up uh, sectionals with the performance of I've Had the Time of My Life before they go out on stage. Uh, Sam is gonna like let hit, let Quinn know just how beautiful she is and all that. Like they share a moment. It's like cute. It mirrors the uh, the conversation. Um, or does it mirror the? No, that, does that happen before or after? Oh no, no, it's all blending together. No, yeah, but with, it's a nice with Rachel and Finn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's season yeah, one. Yeah. You know, right before they go after faithfully, we uh, we see Rachel and well, it happens I think twice, but uh, twice or three times maybe even. Yeah, it's very similar. So which is which? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's very similar as they're in like the back of the auditorium. They chat before they go out there and then they both come down the aisles and uh, have the time of my life. And it's just one of my favorites uh, uh, for uh, the Quinn songs. Uh, yeah, big fan. Big, big fan of that. Because yep. look, like Rachel I... and, you know, this this whole sectionals is about showing off talent that have not been highlighted so far. Rachel's not around uh, to, to well, Rachel is getting like shut out of this. She's not going to be the, the one leading the way because uh, they want to change things up for the first time. And of course, Valerie is also going to come out of this competition. But uh, time of my life with these two just, uh, you know, it, it's a really, really, really good performance. So mm-hmm. it is lots of fun. Um, Christmas rolls around after sectionals. They're still together, making out under the mistletoe. Then we roll into the Sue Sylvester Shuffle. Now, this is another episode that it's the classic formula of Sue or the Glee Club. Sue or the Glee Club. Uh, Sue has devised this crazy-ass plan to shoot Brittany out of a cannon. Okay, yes, you've heard that correctly. She wants to shoot them, shoot Brittany out of a canyon. Uh, canyon, not canyon. Um, canyon? <laughs> not a canyon. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, they, he, he explains that, like, Mr. and Mr. Shu is kind of, like, in on this, too. He's like, look, you guys have to decide. What are you going to do? Are you going to choose the Glee Club, or are you going to choose, uh, uh, are you going to choose the Cheerios? Um, Rachel during the Glee Club meeting is going to assume that, of course, Quinn will go ahead and go back to Sue because she wants to maintain the status that she has regained. I um, mean, of course, Brittany and Santana are also over there, so she's going to have the support of them. 
Uh, Finn does come to her defense, saying, like, well, that's not true. You don't know what's going to happen. Like, let her make her own decision. It is what it is. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they are kind of, like, at an impasse because it's either come back to the Glee Club and be a part of this initiative to bring the school closer together because this was also the time when they were, uh, trying to get, uh, the football team to really, uh, gel with, uh, the Glee Club because of the whole thing with Karofsky and Kurt. Do they want to be a part of that initiative or do you just want to go ahead and be stars with Sue and get shot across a football field? Um, Finn is going to sort of like shout at Quinn, trying to guilt her into uh, saying like, like you're being weak by choosing like this whole like this whole status thing that you're going after, Quinn. Like we were here for you last year when you were at your worst and now you're going to go back to sue the very person that was like the whole impetus for you being in the position that you were like to begin with like she outed you to the school and you're going to go back to that it doesn't make any sense of course sam is going to come to her girl to his to his girl's defense like look like back off it is what it is um but finn comes to his senses before they go off to uh the cheer competition it's like look i i'm sorry that wasn't cool i i i just wanted to remind you of you know the the what you have here, like the community that you have. And that does touch Quinn so much so that her and Santana and Brittany decide, you know what, Sue, screw you. We're not doing this. Leaving Sue absolutely just shit out of luck. They go back to the football game. They perform with the rest of the Glee Club. Um, This is the whole thriller heads will roll performance, which is a lot of fun. They also end up winning the game. Uh, we're gonna see a moment between Quinn and Finn where they lock eyes and it's like, oh, is the chemistry back? It looks like there's something, you know, coming up again. It's looking a little, okay, I like it. And we're gonna see that come to a head when they are in the hallway after the game and Quinn, uh, says to Finn, like, I just really wanted to appreciate, like, you know, what you said to me and the the kindness that you showed me because it really reminded me of why I fell in love with you. And then they kiss. So now... Quinn is officially a cheater. We were getting there with uh, Quinn and Sam, and then yeah, it's uh, it was always going to bounce back, right? So the like I said, the the time with Quinn and Sam, it's fine. I, I have no complaints about you know it ending when it did because it really you know it, it would have been a little strange, I think, for us to completely just drop Quinn and Finn or Quinn and Puck uh, just to have her you know be with the new guy forever. Like Sam is new, allow him to have space and time to you know um, to to move around and talk to other people that aren't just Quinn. Plus, Quinn's already been through so much. Like, like she's got so much on her plate and like to have the new guy be the one that has to, you know, be there surrounded with all of this is just, you know, doesn't really make the most sense. She has history with these other people like Finn. So going back to him, especially in this whole era of, you know, the love triangle with Quinn and Rachel and these two opposite, you know, these two girls that are just kind of on opposite ends of, uh, you know, like popularity for sure. And just kind of like what Finn's looking for in a girl, like, it's, you know, the the dynamic they explore between all of that, you know, that's that's uh, not just a one season arc. It goes into season two um, and then we'll get to season three. But yeah, uh, no surprise to see them coming back together here. Finn, you know, reminding her of, you know, the Glee Club is your family. You know, we are, you know, mm-hmm. y- you know that Glee Club in your heart is coming first. So, you know, sorry, Sue, but that's how it's going to go from now on. Nobody's going to be picking uh, the Cheerios over the Glee Club. It's just you lost that battle and that's why she's going to spend the rest of her time 
time trying to tear down the glee club and you know stop having other people having this other club in the school be the uh the, the most desirable place for the uh the stars of the school yeah um it's going to be instant karma well not quite instant karma but it's going to be karma that comes pretty quickly nonetheless because they're going to continue their little flirtation off or you know off the football field as well so it's valentine's day finn has the awesome idea now that he's single and you know ready to mingle with every single girl at mckinley he decides you know to raise money for the glee club how about i set up a kissing booth charging uh, all the girls one dollar to kiss me so this is all a ploy to get Quinn to kiss him again because ever since the kiss they sort of like have been avoiding each other for the most part because Quinn does want you know says that she wants to be with Sam but ultimately it does end up working because Sam actually is the one that sort of pushes it into happening Sam catches the two of them talking because Quinn's like no I, I know what's going on Finn I know what you're trying to get me to do he talks to her later he's like you guys were in, in kissing distance of one another I know what I saw Quinn's like, look, I don't want to be with anybody but you. I don't know why you're making such a big deal out of this. So Sam was like, okay, well then kiss him then. Kiss him. Why didn't you kiss him then? And so she's like, all right, fine. They go to kiss. The fireworks are still there. The passion is still there. The connection is still there. So Sam fucked up. Sam fumbled his own bag. I mean, she already cheated on him to begin with, but like he did not make it any, any better at all. Um, she's going to run back to him. Uh, he, she comes up with an excuse to Sam saying, like, I left my purse, which she didn't have a purse, but okay. When has she ever had a purse? <laughs> When has when has a Cheerio ever had a purse? When when has a Cheerio ever had anything on her other than her uniform? But um, yeah, she tells him like like meet me in the auditorium later on. They meet in the auditorium. They start making out again, even though Quinn's like, yeah, I really prayed and I prayed and I tried not to come, but they couldn't resist because they're fucking idiots. <laughs> um, so Sam is privy to all of this okay sam he has an inkling that she is pulling away from him but she he is not entirely 100 percent sure so in an effort to win her back he does all of this stuff like asking her out on dates um he starts with this whole justin bieber experience performing all of these justin bieber hits to get you know quinn interested in him again and it seems to work momentarily because quinn does end up turning down offers from finn to hang out with him because she's like, you know what? No, screw it. I kind of want to be around Sam now. But Santana is also privy to all of this because Santana, she, you know, it's Santana. It's her Mexican third eye. Um, she's able to figure yes. out that the both of them are fooling around. So she decides to go and infect herself with mono so that she can go and infect Finn with mono so that Finn will go infect Quinn with mono. And then she goes to tell Sam, okay, so remember last time when he was kissing all those girls? And then all of a sudden, you, uh, your girlfriend and him are the only ones that are sick right now. Remember that? The bitch is cheating on you. Whether or not you want to believe it or not, it's what's happening. Sam has no choice other than to be like, you know what? You're right. It is what it is. He breaks things off with Quinn, who is kind of distraught because it's like she makes the decision that you need to figure out what's going on with Rachel Finn. I'm going to go ahead and figure out what I'm doing with Sam. But now she can't because he's broken up with her. And now she's back to numero uno. Alone. 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 <laughs> Alone. Alone. Yes. Yeah. Um, this, you know, you, if you get to stick your hands in all these different pots and, uh, you know, put yourself in a situation like this, 
can't guarantee it's going to work out the best for you, especially when you're surrounded by people like Santana who are very much, uh, you know, interested in what they want and what they are, you know, their own plans and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, things get a little bit messy for her here, especially as we, you know, move on into the next episode as well. Uh, as you know, Sam is potentially where she was thinking about going, but that's, uh, you, you waited a little too long and now, uh, other people saw an opportunity to, you know, jump in there and, uh, take Sam for themselves and now yeah it's just uh, a messy time for Quinn it's like as she's just, they all are she's once again just like trying to figure out what it is that she wants right like she ends up with the pregnancy in week one then it's like do I keep it do I give it to Terry do I, do I give Puck a chance like what do I what do I do she's just always stuck in this vice of indecisiveness and once again here we are this time where she's seemingly on the up and up she has all these things that are going for her but she falls victim to this this compulsion to Mm -hmm. be with a guy or have romance or have this symbol of status and she can't figure out what is the best position for her to take and the person that doesn't choose ends up with no choices at all so it's just uh it's just it's a weird time to be a quinn fan that's for sure Yeah, she's not getting a good edit right now. <laughs> um, this is the blame it on the alcohol episode. We don't really get much from Quinn other than you know she shows up at the party just like the rest of the Glee kids, and she sees Santana and Sam making out and looking uncomfortable. Right. And yeah, just a mess. Right. So once once Sam Tana becomes a thing, that's like all right. Well, uh, now now we've kind of lost it here. There, any any chance that there was to get Quinn and Sam back together is really kind of out the door. Uh, Santana, you know, got her hands on Trouty Mouth, and she is uh, going to make sure that he stays, uh, you know, away from Quinn and by her side. So when you go over to uh, Rachel's house party and you see Santana and Sam making out, it's like all right. Well, that's over. It, it would be way too messy to get them back together now. So now it's like all right. Now where's Quinn going? Is she gonna is she going to find her way back to Finn? Is she going to? Because what else is she going to do? So Quinn is like, you know what? I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and rejoin the Solo Seek, Solo Seek Club and focus on myself. That's what I'm going to do. That's what that's that's where I need. I need to reset. I need to center myself. I need to find myself again. That's what I'm going to do. Um, uh, Rachel, however, has been pestering her, apparently, which Miss Pillsbury is going to let us know that you know, Rachel spent the entire meeting the last time, you know, questioning the nature of Quinn's relationship with Finn. And Quinn is going to let her know that it really is none of her business. She's just here to focus on herself. This is also when Holly Holiday is going to come back and teach the kids all about sex ed. And she thinks, do you want to touch? Which, yes. I mean, we give, you know, that I'm thinking about it, we give uh, Mr. Shu a lot of flack for that, uh, uh, blurred lines performance, but this performance is kind of uncomfortable as well. If I'm really being honest, uh, yeah, uh, it's Holly Holiday. It's uh, I, I think you know she comes in as the substitute teacher. You know she's like not supposed to be there as like their primary educator. So when Will does it, it's like you should know better. Like, but I see what you're saying. Puck is gonna call out Quinn about a hickey that's on her neck. But Quinn is going to deny that it's a hickey. She says that she's burned herself with a curling iron. But we do get a flashback. And apparently the flirtation between Quinn and Finn never really ended. Like, so when Sam went the way of went the way of the Lopez, she went back to the way of the Hudson. And the two of them have been mm-hmm. secretly dating once again. They're making out um, in her house. And she talks about uh, 
wanting to be prom queen and getting her life back on track and getting getting the popularity back on track and everything and Finn wants to make sure that that's not what this is about and that they're actually together because they like one another and um Quinn assures him like yeah you know what I made a mistake with Puck you should have been my first and I want to be here with you this is where I belong so uh, okay Quinn like I mean you said the same thing to Sam like two episodes ago but okay this is where yeah. things really start and to the- just really just like lose themselves for this character and we're really, we're really, you know, getting off track with uh, not only with Quinn a, a little bit here as they're kind of, you know, figuring out what her next step is, uh, you know, especially going into season three. Uh, we're really kind of all over the place with Finn and Rachel as well. So everything is a mess. And, you know, it's like it's it's I, I, I you know, wonder if they're even trying to make it some kind of like really great storyline that, you know, keeps all of the characters in line. Like probably not. I mean, the point of the show is to have mess, right. Is to have these kids that are dating each other and, you know, I guess sleeping around a little bit and friendships destroyed and friendships ruined. So while it's not the most clear story, uh, the, the most clear through line for us to be able to follow and say like, Oh, I'm so glad that, you know, this character ended up here. They do kind of create, like, I feel like a messy journey on purpose. I feel like the more that I watch the show, the more I'm thinking about that, that, you know, they're trying to make it as all over the place as possible. So like you watch one week and you see that Quinn and Finn are making out. And then two weeks later, you know, Finn's back with Rachel and it's like, but I want her back with, I want him back there. I want her back there. So, you know, they really do a lot of bouncing back and forth. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it did keep the audience engaged. I mean, obviously it did because this is like the height of the show's popularity, but, uh, you know, just something to think about. Yeah. So moving forward, (sighs) Regionals are coming up. Um, they've decided as a group to sing original songs. Finn and Rachel, or Finn, or Rachel has asked Finn to help her with an original song um, in the choir room. Quinn is going to see the two of them working together and how you know how how much chemistry the both of them have still. Uh, and uh, Quinn is like seeing her life flash before her eyes again. It's like, oh my god, like. Am I about to lose Finn all over again? We're finally in a good sp- a, a good spot, and now he's still fucking around with her. Like, how damaged do you have to be to want to be with Rachel Berry? It's insane. But she's like, you know what? Let me just play it cool. Let me keep my enemies closer because th- maybe I can figure out a way to keep the both of them at bay with one another. Um, so when uh, the time comes to give Rachel some, some, some support behind the original songs in... Glee Club, uh, Quinn is the first one to let everybody know. You know what? Like, no, let let's let's give Rachel a shot. I think that we might have a good songwriter in our midst. Let let's let's give her a shot and see what we're gonna do. Um, the meantime, she's you know corralling Finn all around the school, talking about how they need to start campaigning and everything, and this, that, and the third, and prom king, and all that bullshit. Um, uh, Rachel is still kind of suspicious about what's going on between Quinn and Finn. She sees the both of them talking in the hallway and how they are sort of like canoodling, but not all the way. And she's so she's going to approach Quinn um, during a songwriting session away from the rest of the club and ask, okay, so what's going on? Are you guys back together? Can you just be honest with me? Let me know. Quinn's like, yeah, we are. And... Uh, she's gonna sort of, like, go back to, like, what we saw from the beginning of Quinn. Like, the mean girl, the bitch, and let's Rachel know, like, look, you need to just understand that this is... You don't have a spot here, Rachel. 
you are meant for bigger and better things. And in my view, I feel like she is talking a bit to herself as well, but she doesn't, she just doesn't know it yet. Quinn tells Rachel, like, look, you are meant to go and do this. I am meant to stay here. I am meant to become a real estate agent when we've never heard her talk about that shit before. Uh, Finn will take over uh, Bert's uh, tire shop and that's just, we'll we'll, we'll have a family after we win prom king and queen. We'll have that. That's going to be our life. And that's it. You don't belong here rachel implores her like no i actually feel like me and finn aren't done it isn't over yet and she's like yes it is like you need to get these fantasies out of your brain or else you're never going to get it right move the fuck on leave him alone he's mine <laughs> and yeah like she's really really desperately clinging on to finn here yeah, I, I think that analysis is uh, pretty accurate that, uh, you know, she's really kind of projecting a lot of maybe like maybe she should be saying this to herself. Uh, I don't think either one of Quinn or Rachel were, to, were made to be, you know, staying in Ohio, being a real estate agent while Finn is, you know, taking over the tire shop. It's like, yeah, sure, that could be a, a path that could be the future. But both of these girls have like dreams bigger than that and, you know, want to aim higher. Uh, Quinn is just having a hard time bringing herself to because like the way she's looking at at it all she looks around and sees is Finn so it's like later on in season three she's going to start to see her dreams come you know come to form a little bit more of like wanting to get out of this town and to wanting to you know do bigger things and and meet bigger people and whatnot uh the Biff McIntoshes of the world rather than you know settling for the best option that she sees in front of her being Finn and saying like well Finn's obviously not getting out of this town uh you know to go any big places so I'm going to be here with him and I'm going to be you know being successful he's going to be successful Successful, but you know, being like you said, her mean girl ways are, are back here in a big way. She's trying to push Rachel as far away as possible. It's really not doing much, though. Rachel is not going to be somebody who is easily persuaded to uh, give up on something she's going for, and she wants to be with Finn. Uh, and it turns into yeah, this this performance that she's going to put together as she writes the original song get it right and uh try to figure out how many times is it going to take for her to uh to get it right and uh rachel is going to obviously turn that into a, a, a performance that does well for them so you know quinn wasn't really planning on that being uh you know the inspiration behind her song but it uh ended up being what it was and uh that yeah mm-hmm. yeah she was uh quinn was rachel's muse and uh, try 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 as she might hold on to this relationship as tightly as she's holding on to his literal hand, it's not all it's cracked up to be because we're going to run into issues once again when some rumors start flying about in the Fleetwood Mac tribute episode that uh, Quinn and Sam might actually be canoodling once again. There's been um, some stakeouts by one JBI snapping you know, pictures of Quinn and Sam meeting up in a hotel, hugging in front of the door. It's kind of crazy of course rachel is going to take this opportunity to jump on it and and, and uh help finn see the light like this is not the girl for you i'm the girl for you they host a stake out of their own they see sam and quinn they also see uh kurt and sam so they're like what kind of three-way shit is going down on over here this is crazy um but of mm-hmm. course we're going to find out towards the end of the episode that quinn was simply trying to assist sam and keeping his younger siblings company helping babysit and doing girl stuff with Sam's younger sister because his dad is out trying to find work his mom is out working they lost their house they lost their jobs they're just really down and out and she's just doing her best to be a friend to Sam here so she still is with Finn there's no cheating there's none of that going on they're not getting back together she was just helping out a friend mm-hmm and Rachel Rachel you know definitely thought there was an opportunity there to 
uh, you know, get Finn back because if Quinn's obviously cheating with, with Sam, then I guess you're going to have to come back to me. But yeah, like you said, she was just, just being nice to Sam and, and hanging out with his family. And that's like, that's like the perfect Quinn, right? Like just being with the, uh, with Sam and his family. And it just, I don't know, it felt like, you know, finally getting a, a break of, uh, the, the terrible Quinn that they had been writing for her. The one that was, you know, kind of falling apart. And, you know, especially as, uh, I assume we're going back to, uh, for born this way, uh, you mm-hmm. know, things are really falling apart for her there. And, uh, you know, eventually she's going to try to just, you know, get herself back on track and, and keep things going with Sam, the role of uh, Quinn, you know, more than ever, uh, more than I'm sorry, more than anybody else is one of the characters that is like on the biggest roller coaster of the uh, the high highs and the low lows. But uh, when when she's at this point, it does yeah, it does feel like a a high there, but it's coming off of a low. So that's uh, you know that's, that's what makes you feel good about it when you get to it. So yeah, in the meantime, she has been still full fledged uh, promoting her and Quinn or her and Finn for prom king and queen uh however she does have a contender in the glee club and it is one lauren zeises who does not take (laughs) shit from nobody and would like to also become prom queen and she's like you know what the biggest the, the the greatest way to you know beat one's opponent is to find some dirt on them and she's going to do a bunch of research and unearth a disastrous secret about quinn turns out her name's not even quinn it's her middle name her real name is lucy Lucy Quinn Fabray, otherwise known as Lucy Kabusi, or Juicy Lucy, as Lauren's Iceiest surmised. Uh, apparently, Quinn used to be many, many, many pounds heavier, uh, had acne, wore glasses, just was stereotypically unattractive. Um, she got teased a lot at her, at her old school, um, so uh, she ended up losing some weight, started working out, started uh, doing cheerleading stuff. Uh, got uh, some uh, some plastic surgery in her nose. Uh, stopped wearing glasses. Got her her skin cleared up. Her dad was able to put her into another school district and all that. And she dropped Lucy and just went by Quinn. And now she is the person that we all know today. Of course, Lauren's Zeises don't give a fuck about none of that and posted a bunch of Lucy Kabusi signs all over the school because she wants to be prom king. Um, and uh, Quinn is going to lose her shit tries to tear all the posters down and is really having to come to terms with who she is deep inside of all of this perfection mm-hmm. that she tries to project onto everyone else. She got some reassurance from Finn, Finn, you know, who has a picture of her as Lucy saying like, this is my girlfriend. I'm not ashamed of that. This is the born this way episode after all, after all. And that is the, uh, the struggle that Quinn has to go through in that episode and accepting herself um, for who she was and who she is now. Yeah, so what a ride, right? What a what a plot twist to get to here because you know it really does come out of absolute left field. It's like we follow so much about Quinn with the pregnancy, which really does you know as we're we're getting towards the end of season two, uh, you'll notice the pregnancy did not really even come up more than like once. Uh, it really gets dropped, and we'll get into season three when it starts to pick up again. But it's like you know what are they doing here? We we've been talking so much about her as it pertains to her relationships and the struggle that's been you know going on with her accepting that Rachel and Finn are much more made for each other than Quinn and Finn are uh, and then here we are at the ver- towards the end of the season it's episode 18 and all of a sudden we get hit with you know and and you know mind you yeah we're on the journey of Quinn be wanting to become prom queen and that all makes sense uh Quinn's prom queen journey has always made sense even if I do feel like they spend a little too much time getting to that point because you know it, it just becomes she's obsessed with it but we get it because we get that Quinn is somebody who is so worried about her image and wants to be seen as the top uh, on the top at the top of the chain 
forever and always wants to be seen as the successful person. And you know that a lot has to do with her family and how, how they want to see her succeed in that kind of role as well. Uh, so yeah, we get here. Quinn has met her match with Lauren Zeises. Uh, she went toe-to-toe with Santana. Both of them did. And now here we are as uh, Lauren Zeises is making her own bid to be prom queen. And it's like, why does why does the pretty girl get to, you know, uh, the you know Quinn go get to be prom queen? I want to be prom queen. Uh, and she's going to dig deep and uh, don't make Lauren Zeises your enemy because this is what happens. Uh, the Lucy Kabusi posters, this whole episode is very... Very funny, very iconic. Uh, I think, uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel like this might have gotten zero slushies or very close to it. Uh, this is an episode where I gave Quinn a gold star. Um, you actually gave Quinn a gold star in the next episode, which was rumors. We already talked about it. But while she was helping Sam with all of that, you rewarded her with a gold star. I gave her one here, though. So, yeah, uh, I, I guess, you know, that indicates for us as the only gold star she got in season two that we kind of felt good about, you know, her getting back on track and. Uh, the the born this way episode really brings you know the humanity out and and the humility out. Sorry, uh, of like you know showing that she is you know not you know she was getting back to the mean girl ways and kind of having a hard time finding herself this season again bouncing back from where she was but as she gets you know yet again exposed and shown to be who she really is and things start to kind of she she kind of you know. Is, is not spiraling or anything like that, but just kind of like falling back into the role that, you know, she was the most vulnerable in, which is when we get to see the real true Quinn. Uh, that's when we connect with her a little bit more. So um, big fan of uh, of the Lucy Kabusi era, the uh, short lived part of it. I mean, that is her name, but the uh, the episode itself was good. And then, of course, we get uh, in that episode, we get the extremely iconic. Uh, I feel pretty unpretty mashup with Rachel as Rachel, you know, is, uh getting her nose job and uh, Rachel's looking to Quinn like you are the most beautiful girl you have the best nose and I want to be like you and uh, that's where this mashup comes in <laughs> yeah um, it's such a tragedy that after all of this work into figuring out you know how to accept oneself she still enters the prom queen episode <laughs> seemingly having learned nothing um, she wants the night to be perfect Finn comes to pick her up she looks like Cinderella. They take pictures. They go to prom. Finn gets in a fight with Jesse because Finn is still harboring emotions for Rachel, which Quinn is aware of. Yeah. They get in a fight. Sue kicks them out. So now her intended prom king is not there. And then on top of that, prom queen gets announced. Kurt ends up winning because people are trying to be dicks. And it's just a disaster. She's lost. She's lost everything. Um, she storms into the bathroom. I don't know why Rachel's pick me have an ass would freaking follow her in there, but she gets a slap across the face from Quinn saying that she's ruined everything. It's all your fault. Like every time you're involved with something, Rachel, it goes bad. Can you just go away? Leave me alone. But, uh, Rachel is not deterred by that. She appreciates the drama of the slap because she's psychotic and they end up do having a bit of a, of a, of a heartfelt conversation here where like we've spoken about before Quinn is just talking about how like she just she wants everything to be a specific way because she's just not sure like what her future looks like so anything that she can control now is 
it helps her feel better. Like, it, I guess it's just that's how her anxiety sort of manifests itself. And she just becomes like this control freak that needs everything to be neat and in, in a row. And that's just not how life is sometimes. Yeah. And this prom prom episode is not going to resolve her prom queen storyline where, you know, she wanted to win it so bad. And then it ends up going to Kurt, you know, obviously then it, it becomes a way to kind of. Uh, like make this way more about you know what's going on with Kurt because Kurt is one of the the bigger characters in season two uh you know with everything he has going on with Karofsky and the bullying and all of that so you know it, it's a storyline that works well for her but it ends up not being about her uh and you know uh we'll, we'll see it going more into season three as well as it gets picked back up around the time that prom is going to happen there uh but for now it, you know it, it's it's an unresolved thing it's it's an unclosed story for now uh and it just kind of we use this opportunity to get more into the quinn and rachel friendship slash whatever you want to call it if you're uh no, wanting to call it something else. So um, I got this far into the podcast without bringing up Faberi, so uh, you should be proud. But, um, you know, it's uh, the little things along the way that really you start to see the relationship between Quinn and Santana. Uh, where did I get Santana? Quinn and Rachel uh, really coming together. They, they've been involved in this love triangle for so long now in these two seasons and they just always find their way back to each other for one reason or another and that's not going to stop uh that now we're going into season three they just you know the slap obviously an infamous uh, a very famous scene uh in in glee in season two and it just you know the fact that rachel doesn't get mad at her she's like you know what that was great i am gonna use that in the future and uh channel that emotion and quinn's like this girl is just out of her mind but she won't go away like she, you know, and she doesn't want her to go away, but she's just so resentful of her. And that's why their their specific relationship is so worthwhile uh, of, of talking about, of being interested in. That's why so many Faberry fans exist, because there's so much that feels like I want more information. I want more of this. Uh, but, you know, that's that's what we have uh, for now here. Oh, Quinn, 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 Quinn. Um, well, she lost prom queen. In the next episode, Funeral, she's going to lose Finn as well. Um, at the funeral, it seems like Finn is really touched by what uh, the words that Sue had for her sister, Jean, about feeling um, tethered to her, feeling just like this this natural bond that is, you know, now gone because Jeannie is gone. And he um, equates that with how his relationship with Quinn no longer has that feeling, but he does have it with someone else. So after the funeral, which is like, damn, damn, Finn, like after a funeral, like he couldn't wait to like the, like yeah. the next day, like goddamn. Um, he lets her know that he's like, look, like I, I just don't have that feeling for you anymore, and I don't want to continue in this relationship when I know that it's not there. And Quinn's like, okay, so what? What are you saying? You have the fins for her? Um, which Finn obviously can't answer because it's true, and he doesn't want to hurt her anymore. But she gets out of the car because she doesn't really need the answer, and so now she is back to square one. Just. I wish that she had stayed on the path that she had at the beginning of the season. And now it's just like all of this. It was like this whole season is a big nothing burger for Finn, for Quinn, because what has she learned? It, like it, it feels like there was no progression. It was all, I don't want to do this anymore. Never mind, I'm going to do it. Okay, now that I've done it, I'm in a bad spot again. And now I'm worse off than when I got here. It's just, it's it's a mess. However, um, she does say to Finn, because Finn um, is going to you know, come up to her later on in Glee and be like, look, I'm just, I'm glad that you were deciding to put the Glee Club first. I know that we are not at the, on the greatest terms right now, but I'm glad that you are not going to take it out on the rest of us and the rest of the team. Um, and Quinn's like, oh, well, you know, I would never do that because then that would ruin my plans for New York, um, which is where uh, 
the uh, the last competition is this year. And Finn is like, what plans? And she's like, you'll see. And this is perhaps the biggest letdown of the entire season. Because what were the plans? Mm-hmm. What were the plans? Where? Where are they? Where are they? Because we get to New York and she does nothing. We get to New York and she cuts her hair. Yeah, that's that's the plans. <laughs> I don't know. The the, uh, the the only thing that I have out of this oh, episode God. really is the... Uh, the Britney Santana and Quinn uh, reunion, I guess, when they get to New York, and you know everybody's, every, it's all about New York. It's all about being there. This episode's about Rachel and Kurt, uh, you know, way more than anybody else. Uh, we're really, you know, there's not much to really wrap up here. Quinn got wrapped up essentially, uh, getting broken up with by Finn, and then you know losing prom queen. So not the strongest ending for the season for her. Uh, but you know, reuniting with uh, Santana and Britney. Santana's like, oh, I, I have a suggestion. Quinn's like, I'm really not into that. I'm like, are you? Uh, you might someday find yourself into that but we'll, we'll, we'll have to hold off on that uh, for now but yeah not really much happening here uh, to close things out as uh, you know the new directions are going to uh, not do too well at the sectionals which has nothing to do with her herself but does have a lot to do with Rachel and Finn who are you know the reasons for her uh, unhappiness at the moment so uh, yeah, but if anything, you could look at this episode as kind of like maybe an awakening as she gets out of Ohio for maybe the first time in a while and sees New York and sees, you know, more to the world outside of what she had been used to. Um, and, you know, naturally, that's going to lead us into season three where things just get so great for her. Right. So great. So wonderfully great. Amazing. <laughs> so great. Should I jump into season three? You have anything else on season two here? No, that's about it. It's a tumultuous ass season, season two. It's just, it's a lot. But that yeah. was it. Uh, yeah, she, she, you know, I guess I guess it may, may not have been fair to say that, you know, season one is when she stops becoming a main character because she does still have, you know, plenty going on in season two and even in season three. But season one is where you could, like, focus in on her and kind of feel good about the way that things were happening, you know, uh, which I don't know if that's a strange thing to say about, you know, somebody going through a teen pregnancy that she's not even the most excited about having. But, like, she just, you know, is growing as a person, learning a lot about herself uh, at a you know, younger age there. And uh, I don't know. I I, I still am going to just always appreciate season one, Quinn, uh, for what it is as things start to just get a little bit worse. But yeah, let's go into season three as, uh, you know, she is uh, broken up with Finn or Finn broke up with her. So it's like, all right, now where are we going with Quinn? And this is, of course, the part of the series where we just lose the damn plot. It's gone. It's 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 left and it's not ever coming back. Uh, Quinn is uh, coming to school on the first day back, the Purple Piano Project, and she is now a member of the Skanks. She has hot pink hair, a nose piercing, uh, a tattoo of Ryan Seacrest. Uh, she is uh, a whole new person. Uh, Brittany and Santana meet up with her, and you know she's telling them, she's like, I figured out who I am. I know who I am now. I had a, a long summer to, to take care of all of this, and now I'm good. Uh, Brittany tells her that she looks like a Jolly Rancher that fell in an ashtray. So, yeah, that's the uh, very good description. Uh, Rachel's going to find Quinn, and, you know, Rachel wants her to come back. Rachel and Quinn, uh, you know, we, we were just watching how that was going, so we know that there's a bit of a friendship here. And Quinn's like, no, not, you know, uh, Brittany and Santana couldn't get me back, Rachel, neither can you. Glee isn't who I am anymore. We see, uh, you know, during this episode is when the uh, the piano's going to get set on fire. Uh, Santana and the Cheerios with the lighter fluid, and then Quinn flicks her cigarette onto the piano, setting it ablaze, and uh, by the end of the episode she's pretty sad because the new directions are all still together they're doing you can't stop the beat in the auditorium and 
Quinn is off watching, you know, sad that she's not with them, but, uh, you know, feeling like she still, you know, found herself, whatever that means. Um, but as this is going to go on, we're going to see, of course, in episode two, Shelby is back in Lima, Ohio with baby Beth. And now that we went an entire season without Quinn talking about Beth, we're about to change that real quick. Uh, and we talked about a little bit, you know, Adina Menzel must just not have been available for season two. Uh, obviously, she had a good relationship yeah. with the show, but she wasn't there. So she could not have had Beth brought back onto the show. And it gave Quinn, I guess, an opportunity to grow up and do more, you know, post life with Beth. You know, she she gave it up. For, she gave Beth up for adoption. So she was moving forward in her life. And that's fine. We can we can work with that. But now that Shelby is back. Uh, she returned because, you know, she had a job offer here in, in Ohio. And of course, Beth is here. So she offers uh, Quinn and Puck a chance to see Beth. But only Puck is going to accept, uh, especially yeah. since Quinn is, you know, now off on this path that she's on. And, you know, Shelby's not dying for Quinn to come see Beth in the condition, the, the way that she's looking and whatnot and the way she's acting. Um also in Quinn's life right now, she's got uh, with the Cheerios, uh, you know, she's not on the Cheerios anymore, but Sue is still, you know, thinking of, now she's going to say like, oh, what can I do with Quinn to, to use her as a weapon against the Glee Club? And she's going to do so by taking Quinn and saying like, oh, film a video that is going to show how show choir ruined your life. Uh, and for the video, we have a scene, remember, where Quinn storms into Will's office and uh, Glee Club ruined my life and I'm never coming back. And Will's like, are you kidding me? Like. We were there for you in all of the worst times. You are selfish and you need to grow up and like lays down the law. Uh, Quinn is is really hitting rock bottom at this point. We end up seeing her back with Shelby at, at another point. She looks at her phone, sees a picture of Beth. And by the end of this episode, she's going to show back up uh, for New Directions Booty Camp. Her hair is back to blonde. We only saw, you know, the pink hair for one episode. She rejoins the Glee Club. Puck says that he's proud of her. She's like, honestly... I'm not doing this for any other reason than getting full custody of Beth back. And if I have to dye my hair back to blonde and pretend that I think I'm special, then that's what I'm willing to do. Yeah. So this was, um, I remember like not being as harsh on the whole, uh, skinks storyline. We went ahead and recapped season three. Um, but you know, when we talk about it in the greater context of the character, yeah. What a U-turn, not specifically the gang, the skank thing, but okay. Now the motivation is the kid. Now that she's been through the ringer, we couldn't, like you said, we couldn't, we, we couldn't really address Shelby for season two because she was gone. So the baby was just like never talked about. So we go an entire season of Quinn's storyline being about will, will she, won't she with Sam or Finn. The, okay, now that's done. Finn is like completely with, with, uh, with Rachel now and Sam is gone. So now it's like, okay, well, let's just bring the baby back in. <laughs> so... For her to, like, go through this whole tumultuous-ass arc about whether or not she's going to remain a skank. And then all it took was for her to see that baby. And now she's like, okay, I'm going to get clean because now I'm going to not only do I want to see the baby, but I want to take the baby away from a perfectly good mom. It's like, damn, girl, like, this is crazy. But um, mm-hmm. whatever makes you happy, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we you know it's 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 a strange, very quick shift in what she has going on. But you know, you also have to think about all of the different like storylines that are really further uh, advancing, the characters that are emerging, the storylines that people are grasping onto more in this world that are not Quinn's, uh, Britanna and Kurt and Blaine and Rachel and Finn and just everything else that's not 
you know, that, that's just not Quinn. It's like, how do we get people interested in her again is, I guess, what they were thinking. And they were like, well, if we put pink hair on her, they have to notice Quinn's still around. Right. And they have to care about her. Um, so, you know, at the time, I, I fully remember being like, I don't understand what's happening. But like the the little bit of credit that I can give them is being like, well, at least I see her. At least I know that she's there and I'm not, you know, and, and we're not doing more of this Rachel Quinn Finn thing right now. We need to take a break from that. Uh, so, uh, going on, uh, we end up seeing in episode four, Puck and Quinn convince Shelby to let them babysit Beth for a night. Uh, Quinn is going to, though, take this opportunity to plant some evidence around Shelby's house to, uh, you know, eventually end up calling child services and showing them or telling them what she found at Shelby's house. And of course, you know, she wants to get full custody back of the, of Beth. Uh, also in this episode, we see, I believe it's this episode where Puck and Shelby are going to get it on, which... You know, that happened. Uh, Yeah, that happened. Uh, But Shelby, you know, this isn't Shelby's character study, but she is having a hard time, you know, with Beth and she's feeling very lonely and she has nobody to share all these moments with in Beth's life. And Puck is like, I'm here. I want to share these moments. I want to be around for this for for this, you know, my daughter, if you call her that. I mean, uh, he wants to be there and uh, he definitely is there. And uh, yeah, so that happens. Um, but moving on, we see Quinn continuing these efforts to get closer to Shelby and to Beth by, she tries to join the trouble tones who have now formed, uh, in the, in the recent episodes, uh, you know, uh, Mercedes Santana and Brittany are, are off. That was on their such own. an awkward proposal. She just walks in the room. And she's like, I would like to join trouble tones. <laughs> Shelby's <laughs> like, I gotta think about that bitch. <laughs> Back up. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't really know. I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not so. Quinn just does anything. She's so impulsive. She'd just be out here doing anything. It's crazy. Puck is going to end up telling Shelby, though, about the objects that were placed around her, the apartment. So now Shelby knows what Quinn was up to. Quinn ends up actually back at Shelby's place at one point, and she's questioning, like, why she hasn't been allowed to join the Trouble Tones yet. And Shelby's like, Quinn, I, I, I know what you're doing. I know what you're up to. Um, like, stop. Like, what do you think? I'm stupid? And, of course, this upsets Quinn. She ends up, like, calling Shelby a cash whore, saying, like, uh, that's what you did with, uh, with Rachel, and now you're taking that out on me, and you're not letting me see my baby. She's mine. I'm the parent. And I gave birth to her. And Shelby's like, that's not what being a mother is, you psycho. Uh, So, yeah, disagreement there. And, yeah, uh, Shelby's like, you can take out your nose ring, dye your hair blonde, but that doesn't change anything. You're still the same, you know, very insecure, sad girl that you have been lately. And you need to fix that if you want to be a part of Beth's life. I can't have you around her like this. So, you know, fair. Fair for sure. Um, what else? So, uh, I kissed a girl episode seven puck is, uh, singing to Shelby with, I'm the only one. And Quinn's like, what the fuck is happening? Um, he ends up, <laughs> she ends up inviting puck over to her house. Uh, she, and they're going to have sex, but puck stops them because he doesn't have a condom. And it's like, okay, we've done this before. Uh, but Quinn's actually going to tell him here. No, it's fine. It's okay if we don't have a condom. I actually wouldn't mind. You know, if we got pregnant again, we can make a, another perfect baby. If we can't get the other one back, maybe we can make a, a new one here. And he's like, hold on a second. This is, whoa, 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 whoa. slow down. Uh, he, the two of them sit down and talk. And, uh, you know, while last season had a lot to do with Quinn and Finn, this season is really going to do a lot of focusing on Quinn and Puck, uh, which is, of course, going yeah. to be the end game. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's picking back up here. He sits down with her. He apologizes for letting her down when she needed him the most and, uh, you know, making her realize that she doesn't need anyone to make her feel special. Uh, he's like the, uh, the I think you're genuinely the one person out of all of us that is guaranteed to make it out of Lima and make something of yourself. I really think you have that within you. Uh, but, you know, 
can't have this nice conversation uh, without, of course, it ending in uh, Quinn finding out about the Puck and Shelby uh, rendezvous. So we got, you know, we got them closer together so much so that Puck was willing to be open about this. And before we get to sectionals, Quinn now knows. Uh, and of course, sectionals will be the Trouble Tones facing off against the New Directions with Shelby in charge of the Trouble Tones. But now Quinn knows about what Puck and Shelby were up to. So that's not good. Yeah, for, for really, really, yeah, really, really messy. Um, and uh, she sees this as a perfect opportunity to to poach to poach um, her daughter back from from Shelby, which uh, so icky. which is just it's so icky. Yeah, because it's like okay, so you don't actually really give that much of a damn about the fact that she's sleeping with him. You're just kind of just going to use that as a way to get your daughter back. And it's like, do you like? So like, how is your daughter supposed to feel about that if she ever hears hears about this sordid affair? It's like, do you care about Beth? Like, what's going on with you, Quinn? It's just she's lost and she's confused and she doesn't know what she wants and she's scared for her future as we've already seen in back in season two and it's just an entire mess and i feel like she's had to deal with so much bullshit um yeah and she just can't make heads or tails of it so sectionals is going to roll around and uh quinn is talking about how like she knows that their new directions are going to beat the trouble tones because she's going to plan on telling figgins about puck and shelby sleeping together uh rachel is going to get involved here and she's going to tell her because again she you know she is looking out for quinn's best interests uh even if that you know that that did at a time mean uh that she was looking out for her best interest by making sure she had finn and not quinn but rachel tells her you're going to ruin beth's life if you tell them about shelby like shelby's going to get fired and lose these paychecks that are coming in supporting Beth's life. Um, also, Sam is back at the school here. He was gone for a bit at the beginning of season three, but now he's back. Quinn is, you know, still having a hard time with all of this. She comes to Sam and she's like, hey, by the way, Sam, welcome back. I'm going to get my baby back. You would be an amazing father for him, for uh, for her. You should, you know, do you, you think about that? Like, you know, remember last season when we were playing with your uh, siblings? Like, you would be a great dad. Uh, you know, it'd be great. And Sam's like, hold up. I just got back here. What is going on here? You need to stop growing up so fast. Uh, this is where he drops, you know, the Jack and Diane line. Uh, hold on to 16 for as long as you can. And he's like, you should enjoy your time. You know, you're you're young. You're in your senior year. Uh, this is this is it for you, Quinn. Like, this is like the moments that I'm sure you've been waiting for. Uh, relax on the baby stuff. Relax on trying to get me to be apparent like you know like let's just take it slow uh during the competition quinn goes over to figgins's office because she's about to enact her plan rachel again stops her and says if you're gonna do this you should at least tell shelby first uh quinn takes that advice goes to find shelby shelby apologizes she's like yeah no that was wrong uh, i should not have been with puck that absolutely is a problem and i you know what i get it um this is going to be of course my last day teaching here and uh you know i'm i'm there's no way for me to continue teaching here like th this this was wrong and i'm in the wrong um but she also makes it you know clear to Quinn the same advice that Sam gave her uh you should make sure that you know you're focusing on your time being young and uh you know you're like beauty fade or uh, what did she say she said something about like um like you're very pretty but like all of this great glamorous stuff that it you have goes going on away. in your youth yeah, it goes away. It's not going to be here forever. So uh, that's really just the theme of this episode. Hold on to 16. Um, uh, we end up seeing that at the end of the performances, Quinn tells Rachel she's not going to tell them about Shelby. Um, we also see her and Rachel, you know, kind of continuing to bond. Uh, they're becoming friendlier and friendlier as time goes on. She tells Rachel about her plans to go to Yale. Uh, and then Quinn really kind of comes around by the end of this episode. Uh, she ends up with the trouble tones in the bathroom telling them, you know, you guys lost 
uh, at this performance, but like come back to the new directions. We would love to have you, you know, we need a couple of extra girl voices around anyway. Uh, you know, she went to Will and Rachel as well, and she got them to agree uh, with the whole trouble tones getting one number per set. So they all rejoin, they sing, we are young and you know, it's a very happy time with everybody all back together. And I guess Quinn got over this hump of, uh, of, of, desperately trying to get Shelby uh, or get Beth back, but it wasn't easy to get there. No, I mean, I, I, I liked the fact that Rachel was so instrumental in helping her see the light. Um, and like, it's not, it, this is not, you, you, you are searching for something right now and you're trying to get the easy way there. And like, have you ever really thought about like what's going to happen after Beth loses Shelby? Is, are they, you you think they're just going to give them back to the girl and like what, you're not thinking this through. Like you need to figure this. You need to figure your shit out, Quinn. You need to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And Shelby does a much more kinder, kinder job of telling her the, essentially the same thing. It's like, don't wish away your life. Don't, don't sit here and wish all of the things about yourself. Like you are so young, and you need to stop punishing yourself for the bullshit that you did when you were younger. And so I'm glad that she was able to get to that point. I feel like this storyline was just so fucking contrived, but. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, if they had Adina Menzel back in the uh, back in the back on set, back involved in the storyline, like you know, you could have had her obviously being involved with Rachel, which they do, but it, it was more so, you know, just giving Quinn something to do in this part of the show in this part of the season Mm -hmm. and you know kind of using this exact episode as an opportunity to put it all behind her and use it as like a growth part of uh, a growth arc kind of thing of being like all right, she's been told by a couple different people now slow it down you're getting into the last remaining parts of your senior year go enjoy yourself and have fun Um, and I guess it does kind of slow down a little bit because we're going to see over the next couple of episodes not a whole lot of Quinn, uh, the Christmas special happens, and uh, she's not. Her and Sam skip out on the uh, filming of that Christmas special. They go over to the homeless shelter, so uh, you know, not much there besides, I guess, you know, giving the uh, the Sam and Quinn shippers a little bit of extra. Like, hmm, maybe there could be something here, but there's not. Uh, it's just, I guess, uh, just it's letting just them spend some time bad, together. Like the words that Sam was saying, getting to her and be like, you know what, maybe I should be focusing on other things, right? So. Yeah, like the less, the less, uh, you know, she says to him, she's like, I stopped focusing on the things that I don't have. And, you know, now she's here to help. You know, she's at the homeless shelter trying to uh, contribute in a, in a good way. Um, not much happening in, uh, in I, I did leave a note here. Uh, not much happening for Quinn in Yes, No, of course, the episode where we're trying to see if Will and Emma are going to uh, to be engaged. But uh, we do have a, a thing here where Artie and Becky are, cons- are, are possibly going to become something and she is like confronting Artie with the rest of the new directions about how he's going out with Becky and I'm just like there's you know not the first time in, or not the last time in the series that Quinn's going to be concerned about uh about Becky so I don't know I just thought that, that was uh <laughs> worth noting um but the uh the next I guess big thing for her is going to be in the Michael episode as uh an episode that I know uh, both of us really enjoy and it has a performance that both of us uh really enjoy as uh she Quinn's in the bathroom she's approached by Rachel who's asking for advice because Rachel has recently been proposed to uh by Finn and Quinn is the only person who Rachel fully trusts for an honest answer 
Uh, Rachel and Quinn also talk about how she's been accepted to Yale. You know, recently they were talking about how she wanted to go there, but uh, now she's been accepted. And she's going to suggest to Rachel, you know, you really, if you want to move forward the way that I'm planning on, uh, leave your past behind. You got to look forward to the future. And she's like, in order to, to have a bright future, you, you might have to break it off with Finn. I don't know if you should be with him. And this isn't you like you can pretty make it make it pretty clear here that she's not doing this from the perspective of like wanting to be with Finn herself, uh, because we're going to see here among the performance of Never Can Say Goodbye, where she is pretty much saying Never goodbye. Say goodbye. No, 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 no. To all of her ex-boyfriends, uh, she meets up with, uh, you know, Finn and Sam and Puck in this song on the auditorium stage. And uh, she is leaving her past behind as uh, she moves forward towards Yale. Yeah, I mean, the more and more that I think about it, I think the song is actually more fitting than you would have given it credit for since she talks about how she can never say goodbye. And that's kind of like what she went through season one and two. It's like she cannot like say goodbye to her old ass habits. But now she has to uh, because she's moving on to bigger and brighter things. He is actually, you know, when it turns out, like when Quinn puts her mind to something, she can actually achieve it. Yale. Oh, my God. Who knew? So this mm-hmm. was fun. Yeah. Um, she goes back to the choir room and, you know, the new directions are congratulating her on her acceptance. And she gives them like a little a nice little speech about all the help that they gave her along the way to uh, get her to this point. Um, so that's that. And that's nice. She's uh, she's got her plans in, in motion. Uh, we're going to get a little bit more of Quinn. Uh, you know, we've tracked all along her uh, religious faith and how invested she is into all of that. Uh, the God Squad is going to re- either reform or, you know, come together for the first time here. Whatever version of this uh, club, you know, I don't know if they used to be called that or whatever it was. But of course, Joe Hart is now here. Uh, arrived on the uh, Glee set in the episode heart. Uh, We see Rachel and Finn are going to announce their engagement, which, you know, Quinn was advising against, but uh, apparently they are going through with it anyway. And uh, she's not really for it. She actually gets, you know, technically uninvited from the wedding. Rachel's like, I would have loved to see you in a bridesmaid's dress, but nope. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't blame Quinn for kind of being like, because yeah, <laughs> she ain't got time for y'all hoes no more. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, and I mean Diana Agron. She's about to be up out of here. <laughs> like, she... Yeah, she's looking to get out. Yeah. But uh, the, yeah. she, she's got Joe. <laughs> she's got Joe now. Uh, she's got the God Squad. And, you know, we, uh, we're going to see the way that they progress. But uh, that is going to have to come after a pretty big event of course that is coming up as Quinn, you know, back on track. Her future is ahead of her. She's past the Beth of it all. And now it is time for on my way season three, episode 14. Quinn goes into Sue's office and Sue is going to uh, confide in Quinn that Sue is pregnant. Uh, Quinn gives her some advice about, you know, pregnancy and, and whatnot. You know, Quinn's experienced it. Sue hasn't. Uh, Quinn is also going to, by the way, ask if she can rejoin the Cheerios, but Sue is uh, not thinking that's a good idea at the moment. Uh, the There's a little bit here with uh, the God Squad, a little check-in with them, because, uh, of course, this is where Karofsky uh, has his attempted suicide, unfortunately. And uh, she's discussing it with Kurt a little bit, which I only thought was worth noting because it's like, I, I feel like I remember her saying something like, that was selfish of him. Right. I think she was like, I can't imagine ever getting that po- to that point where you like, you know, uh, would consider that and, and doing that, you know, she, she comes at it from a very 
uh, not not very understanding perspective, I would say. You know, there's a lot more to it than she's willing to kind of see, but it is what it is. Um, you know, just didn't love that moment from her. Uh, Sue is talking to Quinn about how she admired Quinn because, you know, she reminded her of uh, of a young Sue Sylvester. But the more and more we see it, they are not actually that similar. You know, you're you're better. You're Quinn. You're better than she is. Uh, mm-hmm. She gives Ch- uh, Quinn her Cheerios uniform back. So Quinn is really, really getting her life back together here. Things are going well for her. She finds Rachel in the hallway. She talks to Rachel about how, you know, she's like, you know what? I do support your marriage. Uh, if you and Finn are going to are going to do this, I, I do support you. And Rachel's excited about that. Uh, we are also going to see uh, this is a scene that I'm sure you remember us recapping. She asks Rachel because Rachel, you know, uh, was uh, was it this episode? Yeah, I think so. Where Rachel sings. Here's to us. And Quinn's like, so was that? directed at Finn and only Finn, right? That was only towards Finn. And Rachel's like, yeah, it was it was only to Finn. And, you know, Faberry shippers everywhere are like, why isn't she admitting it? You love Quinn. You love her. Uh, what, what, what a time. <sighs> anyway, um, so she is uh, going to end up going to Finn and Rachel's wedding. Uh, but as she does... Make her way there. Of course, she is running a little late. She is, I'm just going to say, she gets hit by a car. <laughs> she is in her car, texting while driving. <laughs> rip the Band-Aid off. We've done this already. She's texting and driving. She's texting Rachel. You know, the text is on my way because she's on her way to the to the place they're getting married. And she gets hit by a car. And what happens next? Who knows? Uh, she, you know, she, she, we don't know. We don't know at all. And that's the cliffhanger of a couple of weeks while people are waiting to find out what happened. But we do find out. And by the way, uh, gold star was given to Quinn in that episode because I specifically remember saying, I cannot believe that they did this to her. Um, I'm beyond, beyond mad at the writers for doing this to Quinn just because they, wanted to do, you know, a texting while driving service, you know, message to the audience yeah, and they so use just, Quinn for it. So just throw Quinn in there. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's like, no matter, like whenever, whenever her shit is done, they just make her do something else. It's just like, it's so weird. Uh, so that was that. Yeah. So Quinn is uh, in the car accident, ends up, turn, turns out that she's okay. She gets back to school and she's, you know, happy to be alive. She's telling everybody not to feel sorry for her. She's positive she'll be able to walk again, especially like she wants to be able to sing and dance by nationals. Uh, Rachel's blaming herself for all of this, making it all about herself. Quinn's trying to reassure her that it wasn't her fault. And of course, this is going to be the episode where we see Artie and Quinn begin to bond a little bit as they are both now in a wheelchair. Uh, you remember that scene of like Quinn trying to make it up the st- the, the ramp and uh, she's mm-hmm. having such a hard time getting up there. And eventually she does. And she's like, oh, my God, that was so hard. And Artie's like, you did the, the, the hardest ramp in the school. See, Quinn, you can do anything you set your mind to. You're going to be fine. Um, they, go, they, they go on over to the skate park now that uh, this, it's senior skip day. And they get a couple of songs in there, both I'm Still Standing and Up, Up, Up from this episode. Uh, But the only thing is here that, you know, now that Quinn's in the wheelchair, 
it feels so strange to be switching over to this uh, part of her story so like casually, but it's like, I don't know, we kind of already hashed out all of like how we felt about that. I know this is the Quinn character study, so we're doing it, uh, you know, we, we should be talking about it again here, but it's still just like, how many times can I tell you guys that like, I thought this was just dumb, uh, that, that we had to go here with this, but uh, she's having a hard time accepting this. She's like, you know, telling Artie, no, it's only temporary. I don't have to get used to this. It's, you know, I'm going to be out of here in no time. Um, and then we go back to school and a little bit more of Quinn and Joe potential, you know, spark being there as she, uh, you know, books fall out of her locker. Joe helps picks them up. But that is uh, the next step in, in this season for her. Now she's in the wheelchair. I feel like her and Joe could have filmed all of their scenes in like one day. That's how little they actually have together they have one song and they have like two physical therapy scenes together and that's it <laughs> like if you start early in the day you can knock it all out in one fell swoop for sure but i mean yeah any uh, uh like i said I, I know we have gotten all of our thoughts out about uh quinn and the car accident but uh anything else yeah, you I mean, want really to isn't uh... much else you can add because it's you know like they, they don't really have much else to do with her at this point it's just you know, they, they, she's gotten into Yale at this point. She has moved on from her boy crazy ways. Um, and what else is there? You know, like I just, uh, mm -hmm. what else can you do? Yeah. Um, what else can you do? Who knows? Uh, we, we cut over a couple episodes later, dance with somebody. Uh, we see Quinn and Joe. Uh, you know, uh, physical therapy is going well. They're going to be back in the choir room. They sing Saving All My Love For You. So obviously some uh, some spark there. <laughs> Quinn oh, is uh, in the bathroom with the girls and they point out. They're like, hmm, that was pretty intimate, huh? Uh, and Quinn's like, yeah, no, he doesn't really like me like that. Apparently, like when they went to therapy, you know, they went in where it seemed like a kiss was going to happen. But Joe pulled away and Joe talks to her about it. You know, he's like, you know, I really like you and maybe I would give up my religion to be with you. Uh, I don't know. But Quinn's like, no, don't don't do that. I, I, I don't think you should do that. You know, they have the same faith. They have the same, uh, you know in general, the same ideals, but like, you know, Quinn has gone about things in one way and Joe is really trying to hold on to the way that he's been going about life. So, you know, this relationship isn't really going to ever quite pick up, but it's something for her to do. And, uh, I mean, is, is, is Quinn and Joe like a ship that you have even like remotely high on your list of like Quinn's favorite relationships? I mean, I know how much you like Joe, but did you like them together? Yeah. Yeah. Not really. They were kind of just, I mean, I, th I thought that there was maybe something there, but it's not really, um, it's just not really fleshed out enough for me to like really be like, yeah, go for it, man. Yeah. Even exactly. in, even in all of my, uh, my Joe fever, I'm still kind of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they sounded great though on the song, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to go to prom and as mentioned, uh, Quinn's prom storyline had not quite been wrapped up, uh, just yet. So, uh, now we're going to get it wrapped up. Uh, I did not plan that joke. I'm sorry. I just had to say it anyway. Um, wow. it's promisaurus. It's time for uh, so many people rolling their eyes right now. It's, uh, it's time for prom. The dinosaur themed prom is here. She is of course running for prom queen again. And she has, uh, brought back the idea of Quinn and Finn because Finn's running alongside of her. Uh, she just really wants this last favor from him to, uh, to complete her high school experience with a prom queen title. Uh, but the only thing is, you know, and she's also, you know, by the way, still in the wheelchair, uh, Things are going to get a little hairy because at prom, Finn walks into the girl's bathroom and finds Quinn standing up. 
uh, out of her wheelchair. So he is upset. He goes into this whole angry tirade about how she's using the wheelchair to get more votes. And she didn't, you know, you didn't tell anybody about this. It's, it's ridiculous. It's not right. It's so terrible of you. Uh, he's trying to leave. She's begging him to stay. He at one point literally tries to like pull her out of the wheelchair. Joe has to come over to like to her defense and be like, dude, go away. Like, what are you doing? Uh, he loses his mind about all of that. Later on, we see Quinn and Rachel talking about how, you know, Rachel always viewed Quinn as this amazing, beautiful girl. And, you know, that that's still the same. But uh, Quinn is, you know, now like she sees her as being more compassionate. Um, so Rachel is really, you know, making trying to make Quinn feel better about herself, uh, despite all of the mess that's been going on. And this is going to be important because we go over to see Quinn and Santana counting the votes. Remember, Brittany put them in charge of that because, uh, you know, they were running against each other. Uh, Santana wanted to be prom queen here, too. But, uh, you know, they were like, if we count the votes, we'll have to check each other and nobody can be, you know, uh, deceiving one another. Uh, Quinn actually beats Santana for prom queen by one vote. Quinn is the winner. And who do you think that one vote was, right? It was, of course, uh, Rachel Berry that voted for Quinn to be prom queen. And oh that, God. you know, what do you mean? It was. I, I'm not, I'm not even think, doing fan fiction I don't think here. that Rachel was the deciding vote. I think that she had many, many votes. I don't think that it came down to Rachel. They, ma- they make it very clear that by one vote... Quinn won the title and we're focused in right before that on who was the one person that was that uh, the the point of that was to be that Quinn got that vote from Rachel and because that what comes next is they decide that they're going to end up giving it to Rachel Quinn's like I you know I've dreamt of this moment my whole life but I don't feel any different Rachel's going through a tough time right now she was being so kind with letting Finn go with Quinn yeah but I don't think that that was I never interpreted that as like Rachel was the deciding vote. I just took it as Quinn was able to get the majority of the votes and that was it because Quinn and Rachel have not been at odds for like the majority of the season. It would be one thing if they'd been fighting the whole time and then Rachel's like, you know what, through all of that, I still voted for you. But they had been friends for a while now. Like I just, I never interpreted it that way. Well, I don't think it has anything to do with being at odds. I think it's, it's it has more to do with their friendship uh, evolving to the place it did. Like Rachel did something nice for Quinn by voting for her to win prom queen. And, you know, it, it was an important vote because Quinn won by one vote. And now Quinn is doing something nice to Rachel where Rachel was being, like I said, being so nice uh, and, and, you know, allowing Finn to be at prom with Quinn in the first place. And, and you know, not being uh, having a hard time with him running for prom king alongside of her. Uh, and she's like, you know what? No, this is Rachel's moment. I'm going to give it to her so she can be up on that stage with Finn uh, with the crowns on their heads. And, you know, we whatever we, we end this episode with Santana and Quinn singing Take My Breath Away, where Quinn is going to stand up in the middle of the song, surprising everybody, you know, shock take everybody's breath away. Exactly. Quinn can stand. Quinn can walk. And uh, and that's that over at prom. So Quinn got a gold star from both of us in this episode as she finally gets her prom victory, even if she doesn't walk away with the crown. You know, she still got it. And and that's that. So the prom storyline finally wrapped up. Finally. I know fucking Lee. And for it to be so inconsequential and it's all lead back into being all about Rachel again, it's just Hallmark Glee. Um, but there you have it. I'm glad that she was able to scratch that itch and move the fuck yes. on. <laughs> yes. Uh, moving on towards the rest of season three, we're getting down to it, guys. Uh, props, just fun time at props with uh, Quinn as Sugar, Sugar as Quinn. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Diana Agron did a really good job portraying Sugar. I felt like she had uh, Vanessa Lenji's down. 
Yeah, that was a, a whole lot of fun. We go over to Nationals. We see Quinn and Tina have joined the Trouble Tones for their performance. Uh, that was a good time there. Unholy Trinity backstage have a moment together. It's their last performance together, so they, uh, you know, they acknowledge that and they, uh, they're they're all good right now. So that's fun. And then we go over to uh, to goodbye to say goodbye to the seniors and of course essentially say goodbye to Quinn, but not for good for good, but kind of. Uh, Quinn has a voiceover at the beginning of uh, Goodbye talking about her high school experience. Uh, she also, you know, the, a lot to do with Puck here. Puck is still having a hard time uh, even being able to pass and, and graduate here. Uh, she's talking to Rachel about their friendship. And Rachel is going to tell Quinn here that she thinks Quinn is meant to be with Puck. Uh, so, you know, if she can't be with if they can't be with each other. She thinks that Quinn should be with Puck. Uh, back at her house, Quinn and Puck are studying. She's giving him words of encouragement, saying that she, uh, you know, I think she says she loves him. Uh, the, you know, they have she a does. kiss there. She goes out of the ordinary. Right? She does. Right. Um, she goes back to school, returns her Cheerios uniform to Sue. Sue tells her to keep it. And they talk about how much Quinn has grown up over the years. Quinn is going to give Sue a hug goodbye, saying that she'll miss her. And uh, that's essentially it. So she graduates and... Uh, and, and is ready to move on over to Yale as uh, she gets a gold star from me in season three, episode 22. And Quinn is graduated. And that's essentially most of the story of Quinn with a few rehashings here and there. And not only some rehashings, but also some retreading of familiar ground and familiar habits as we're going to see going into season four. Um, Diana Agron, of course, left the show because she had other stuff going on. So she wasn't around to be a series regular, but she does return as a recurring character. Um, but this is probably the season where she's absent. The No, it's probably season five where she's absent the most. It's kind of like season five and four are kind of like equal. I think she has like about... It's all of it, yeah. Yeah, two to three episodes where she's around. Um but, like, the first time that we really see Quinn in season four is in Thanksgiving. She has the pleasure of opening up the episode with that beautiful performance of Homeward Bound uh, mashed together with Home, where her and Puck and Finn and Santana and Mercedes and Mike, they all talk about, oh, my goodness, we're back home for the holidays, just like we promised. I'm so glad um, to see you guys. And Quinn is essentially here to help Finn um, tutor the Glee Club kids because they're approaching their first sectionals. This is the entire new generation. So you got Marley, you got Jake, you got Ryder, you got all of these newbies um, down uh, in the new directions. And Finn's approach is to pair um, an alumni up with one of the newbies. And of course, Quinn gets paired with mini Quinn, refurbished Quinn, non-manic depressive Quinn, Kitty Wild. <laughs> Yes, and is is this the episode where Kitty is like falling all over her, like you are just uh, perfect, and we love you, and, and yeah, and then, she wears uh, a bracelet, WWQD, yeah, yeah, like this is this is a wild uh, return for Quinn. Is she? I don't know, you know, really not a whole lot to do with her. It's just kind of like having her back around. Um, I think it's fun though. I I, I enjoy. Uh, I think we have a lot of love for the Thanksgiving episode, but uh, the dynamic of like Quinn with Kitty and Puck with jake puckerman uh it, it's really funny and then marley as well like all the stuff with marley <laughs> yeah, i know is this um, the, this this episode's the slap isn't it yeah yeah okay sorry i was yeah, I, I i since you did all the season four research i was like forgetting about uh which came okay continue 
<laughs> no, it's fine. Um, Quinn and the rest of the alumni are going to meet up at Bread 6 after that first uh, Glee rehearsal and, you know, pretty much just talk about everything that's been going on. Um, she lets them know that she has been keeping in touch with Rachel, but they have not seen each other yet. Like, she has not gone to New York to visit her at all. Um, Rachel and Quinn, Rachel and um, Kurt, of course, are not there because they are both at odds with their boyfriends. And so they wanted to spend Thanksgiving in New York. So they broke their promise in coming home. The bitches. Um, but yeah, she lets them know that she's really, really busy. Yale is great. She's got lots of, you know, homework and she's, you know, in some sororities and in like just also like she's being an overachiever at Yale, essentially. But yeah, um, they're going to continue to mentor the new kids. Like, as I said, uh, Quinn does get uh, matched up with with Kitty. I think Santana gets matched up with Marley. So the Unholy Trinity, since Brittany is still um, there, the Unholy Trinity decide to inspire the girls of the New Directions and uh, give them one of their many, many performances. So they pop in another Temptations record and sing Come See About Me. And I love this performance so much. Uh, of course, the girls love it. Sugar is getting her best life, and uh, and uh, Marley and and Kitty and everybody they all are loving the performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a, a really fun time, really fun episode to have them all back together. And uh... yeah, so she uh, Kitty follows or Kitty, you know, shows her around the school or whatever. Shows her what's been changing. Shows her her locker. Shows her, her what, what would Quinn for Bray do bracelet. Um, Quinn is curious about Marley because she's. She knew that she could, she noticed that Marley was kind of like not all there during Gleek rehearsal, and Kitty informs her that Marley has been uh, fucking around with Jake Puckerman. Um, and as soon as Quinn hears that name, she's you know she's on the warpath. So she immediately goes up to uh, Jake and Noah because uh, Noah is also back at the school, of course, um, and. Uh, she tells Jake, you need to stay away from Marley. I know what you're doing. You're distracting her. You're trying to get in her pants. I've been with a Puckerman before. I know how you guys are. If you want Marley to be at her best if, to win sectionals, she's not going to be if you keep distracting her. So uh, Noah introduces Crazy Quinn to Jake. <laughs> yes. she. Uh, this, this episode has got so much. Jeez. I know. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of Quinn content here. Uh, but let's just get to the part that uh, Matt wants to get to. So, um, yeah, <laughs> we get to a conversation between Quinn and Santana. They're in the choir room. Uh, Quinn uh, is uh, letting letting her know, like, just how cool it is to be back and everything. And it's just been uh, really, really nice. Um, but Santana is like been on to Kitty. She's like, that girl is pure evil. I know that she's been giving Marley laxatives. Like, she's 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 fucking crazy. And uh, Quinn is like, or, you know, Santana, I really feel like it's time for you to stop projecting, you know, Santana, or uh, you're projecting Kitty onto me. Like, it, you've, I think it's time that you've gotten over the fact that you are extremely jealous of me. And so they go to this back and forth. Of course, Santana's not backing down. Like, jealous of what? Like, because you're in some lame secret Nazi sorority. Like, I don't know what I'm jealous of. Um, and Quinn talks about how, She's actually dating a professor who's 35. He's leaving his wife, and they're dating now. Santana's like, oh, great. So you're back to dating any old guy to make yourself feel better or whatever. That's that's great. 
Um, and Quinn's like, oh, well, are you, what are you so proud of? Like, shaking pom-poms in Kentucky, even though you want everybody to think you're such a badass, but you're just a sad, scared little girl who's too frightened to follow her dreams. Santana says, did Professor Patches teach you that one? In between office when it's, uh, in between quickies on his office couch, does he get so turned on by teen moms who barely visit their kid? And we get the infamous double slap between Quinn and Santana. <laughs> A line that I've heard you recite, or, or a scene that I've heard you recite many times since we uh, recapped that episode, both uh, like in, in uh, voice. Uh, I've heard you say it vocally. I've heard you, uh, I've seen you tweet it once or twice. It's uh, a, a very iconic scene uh, that, you know, uh, post season three, any iconic scenes that you can get involving Quinn uh, worthwhile. So yes, uh, a lot of fun as we get to the slap, uh, Brittany comes in and stops them. And uh, yeah, the new directions are obviously uh, got some big stuff going on because they have sectionals coming up, but the uh, alumni have their own stuff going on in the meantime. So uh, a very good episode with, uh, you know, performance, a slap, uh, some Quinn and Kitty content, uh, a good time all around. Yeah. It's a, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what we're going to get. Um, the new directions are going to go ahead and take all of the uh, tutoring that they've gotten from the alumni. They go on to participate in sectionals. Quinn of course is there cheering them on. She even gives, uh, she gave Kitty, um, the advice to wink into the crowd to get their to, to get one of the judges' attention, and Kitty does it, and Quinn smiles as she does, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, eight episodes not not the longest time to wait to get to Quinn in season four. Um, not you know not the ideal. I would have loved to see her in episode one, but considering she was really not so much signed up to be on the show at all anymore yeah. for the season really anyway uh you know not the end of the world uh but yeah uh glad we finally got to her there and then uh we still have two more episodes of her in season four to go yeah next time we see her it's in naked uh quintana decided to come down to new york to give rachel advice on whether or not she should perform um topless in the student film the both of them are extremely against it. Santana going as far as showing her the sex tape that she has leaked online and how it's going to follow her everywhere. And uh, uh, Quinn gives her the advice. He's like, okay, so how, you, you know, go to the go by the two 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 rule. In two days, how you feel about it? Two weeks, two months, two years. How are you going to feel? If you feel like you're not going to feel good about it in two years, then don't fucking do it. Um, and she, uh, Rachel, ultimately ends up taking both of their uh, advice. Um, so. Afterwards, Rachel does thank them, and this is where we're going to get that uh, very underrated performance of Love Song between the three of them and the rest of uh, the three of them then go off and uh, spend some more time in New York together. I guess I'm, un- I'm under the impression that uh, Santana and Quinn just stayed at the loft with Rachel and Kurt for the time being, but yeah. it's, never really, uh, it's never really specified, but whatever. Yeah. At the end of season three, we do hear a little bit about, you know, Quinn and Rachel wanting to stay in touch. Uh, I think... It's in the, yeah, it's in the Thanksgiving episode where Quinn's talking about how, you know, Rachel sent me uh, train tickets to come down and visit her, but I still haven't used them at all. So, you know, just following that friendship even more uh, down to where we are now, it's like, you know, glad, glad she finally made her way to New York to visit. Uh, Rachel was probably hoping that she was going to come by a little bit more often because she obviously did look at Quinn as maybe the second closest girlfriend that she had from that group. I mean, Mercedes 
or Tina being in, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Tina, uh, we don't have to rank uh, her, her friendships that, uh, that we'll save that for the Rachel podcast, but obviously, you know, somebody she was very close with and is really trying to keep a relationship with in one way or another. So uh, glad she finally made her way to New York and yeah, love song, very underrated, uh, sad, you know, the, we're not counting trio numbers in the characters favorite songs. Uh, just, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. I'm sure a couple times to keep reminding everybody, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really good cover, but when it ultimately comes down to it, it's hard to say that it's a song specifically about Quinn, you know, focusing on Quinn's voice when there's three people in it. So that's why we mm-hmm. kept it to like, you know, solos and duets. But uh, right. de- definitely expect to see that song itself do well when we talk about, you know, uh, other trios and, and rank those one day. It's it's so good. Yeah, it is really, really good. I love it. The next time we see Quinn, it's in the uh, wedding episode. I do where uh, Mr. Shu and Emma are supposed to get married. Of course, Emma famously runs out. We see Quinn and Santana showing up to the wedding together, talking about their their just distaste for Valentine's Day, love, men, women, all of it. Um, they're just not having a good time. They continue their, uh, their shady conversation at the reception, um, the depressing reception since the wedding didn't even happen. And they're getting drinks at the bar with their fake IDs. This is where things kind of take a bit of a turn because Quinn is going to flirt a little bit with Santana, telling her that she's killing it in that dress. Um, and the next thing you know, uh, Finn and Rachel are singing a duet on stage, which begins a montage of uh, Jake and Marley singing and uh, Finn and Rachel singing and Puck, excuse me, uh, uh, Kurt and Blaine singing and Quinn and Santana singing as they stumble drunkenly into a hotel room and uh, have sex. Yeah. Ooh, 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 yeah. 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 Worth exploring, right? Uh why not? You're young, you're uh you're 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 hanging out with a friend, a good good friend, good good friend, and uh you know, why not? Why not? Um, Quinn, obviously, at the end of uh, that interaction, uh, <laughs> she is like, yeah, I see why people experiment. She's like, I don't think it's, you know, for me overall, but, you know, I had a good time. And uh, they end up going for a, a round two, right? But, uh, you know, yeah, that's uh, a very an- another very iconic moment for uh, for Quinn and uh, and Santana, Quintana. Um, you know, Glee was never going to give us the Faberry scene, but they gave us the Quintana scene. Yeah, that's kind of the last that we see of her. She gets, uh, she gets it in and then she gets out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two gold stars came to Quinn from this episode. One from you and, uh, one from our guest, uh, Mickey. Uh, I think Kika and I both gave a star to Emma in that episode, but you and Mickey both gave, uh, the gold star to, uh, to Quinn. I think you were just very happy to see her. Very happy. She was, uh, you know, just, just living her life and doing what she wanted to do yeah it was a very loose quinn that we don't see a lot of the time and it was just a lot of fun a lucy caboose yeah quinn. lucy lucy caboose lucy lucy moving into season five uh quinn is absent from a lot of this season um she's mentioned throughout in passing a lot of the time but she doesn't make her first appearance until episode 100 the scene um after the glee club ends up losing um they end up losing nationals so the season has to conclude. Um, so he, uh, Mr. Shu, invites all the alumni to come back to, uh, you know, just be with the be with the club and celebrate it for what it was. Of course, Quinn also comes back, but on her arm 
is yet another man. This time, his name is Biff McIntosh, and he's like some white preppy guy from Yale who's like captain of, I don't know, the lacrosse or water polo or whatever the hell he'd be playing. <laughs> Just one of those guys. Um, and the, the, her friends can see right through this bullshit. Even the, the new kids can see right through the bullshit because here we are having all of these wondrous ass performances we get uh, we get another performance between the uh from the unholy trinity they do britney's versus toxic and biff can't even be can't even be bothered to watch the performance um so she tries to explain it away by like oh no he's just busy I, like to be honest i'm really not even interested in this whole storyline it's just another storyline where it's like she brings back a guy the guy doesn't mean shit. She's trying to bury her past. She doesn't tell him about the pregnancy. She doesn't tell him about tattoos or whatever the hell. She doesn't tell him anything. But uh, like her friends go ahead and say, like, okay, we're not going to let you do that to us, Quinn. So we're going to tell him. He finds out. Puck is there to come to her defense. Throws Biff into the dumpster. Let's her know. So I'm going to be in the choir room with your real friends, you know, saying goodbye to our glee club. You just let us know whenever you want to join. There we go. We get another emotional mm -hmm. performance with Keep Holding On, a reprisal of that. Puck sings that to Quinn. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like the, the whole storyline between 100 and, uh, what's the name of the next episode? New Directions. It's New just Directions. Um, Quinn, yeah. and, Quinn and Puck coming back together. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the, the New Directions, you know, the majority that we get out of, of that next episode is just uh, the two of them singing Just Give Me Your Reason. So, uh, you know, she's around for all of it and she's around with everything, you know, that the Glee Club is doing and trying to, you know, save them or whatever we can do, which is going to happen yet again in season six. But uh for now, it's like you said, just kind of uh, bringing Quinn and Puck back together uh, with a little step along the way, uh, getting Biff McIntosh out of here. Um, you know, it, it made a lot of sense when Biff McIntosh showed up by Quinn's side and Quinn was like, no, he's great. He's great. I love him. He's got, you know, he's got money. He had a, a wealthy family. And, uh, you know, it was the same. It, it just brought me back to, you know, Quinn season one, wanting the perfect guy being Finn by her side. And now she's back to that same kind of thing, uh, you know, having Biff McIntosh by her side but you know she quickly you know when she does come home and she gets reminded of like this is not really uh, you know the best thing for me right and because puck you know puck and everybody else are like this guy sucks and you know keep holding on it just brings her all back to her roots uh reminds her of of all of the good times and whatnot and yeah she ends up with with puck and uh that's you know, the rest is history yeah the rest is that, that that's yeah that's it. That, that's season five Quinn. That's what we get from her. It's like the most mm -hmm. muted Quinn we've ever received. That's probably her weakest season. Yeah. So There's absolutely nothing happening. It's, you know, I mean, she's in two episodes there. She's in, I think, three episodes in season six. But I mean, season six, you know, the third episode is just showing up for I Lived. So it's essentially, you know, two episodes in both seasons. They come back to back. And it's just at that point, it's like we're just happy to see her at yeah. all rather than, you know, having her completely off the show by now. Yeah, season six is just her coming back to for homecoming. Um, the, the Rachel and Kurt, of course, have rekindled the new directions once more. So it's just the reverse of episode 100 it's like yeah let's celebrate the club because it's back on instead of <laughs> it's gone yeah <laughs> we do get a few iconic performances from her we get we get um her and the the rest of the unholy trinity performing problem with Artie, um and that that's really fun to see 
we get to see her sing with Quinn, or excuse me, we get to see her sing with Tina and almost Becky, but Becky runs out of the room. Um, she gets to sing uh, So Far Away, which her and Quinn sound, or, oh my God, I keep saying Quinn for Tina. Uh, her and Tina sound so good <laughs> on it. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's, that's kind of it for her. I mean, she also, she, she's also there to su- support Becky when, the, when she asks them for help, you know, trying to sort out this whole relationship with Daryl. Um, and she quickly comes to Becky's defense thinking that she's being taken advantage of, as does Sue, but they begin to realize that they all put their foot in their mouth because Daryl is not a bad guy at all. But other than that, yeah, that's kind of what we get from, from Quinn in season six when she returns for the last episode, for the last number, and that's, that's Quinn for Bray, y'all. That's Quinn for Bray, guys. Yeah. So, I mean, well, let's let's quickly touch on her relationships. We've already kind of talked about them a lot. Uh, but, of course, Endgame with Puck, she has got, you know, the one night stand with Santana. She's got the one day that we see her with Biff. Um, but the main things, I guess, to focus on would be Puck, Joe, Finn, and Sam. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone's really going to be arguing she was Endgame with Joe. Sam and her had different paths. So, you know, if she had to be Endgame with anyone and it's not... Of course, uh, sadly, uh, Finn is uh, not going to be the option. Um, So are you okay with her ending the story with Puck or do you think it uh, didn't need to be that? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of like, it's like, whatever. Like, she's been, she's she's like been back and forth so many times that I'm like, just choose. Like, yeah, pick a bed, go to sleep. Yeah, it's yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, like I said, going back and seeing all of the foundation that was laid for their relationship from early on, it makes sense. I mean, they always did have something. Um, I, I think a lot of people, I think a decent amount of people aren't like in love with the fact that they ended up together. But um, I, I don't th- I don't take too much of an issue with it. It's, it's not the end of the world to me. Um, as far as her friendships go, yeah, I mean, we have Brittany Santana, the unholy trinity, you know, her and Brittany barely ever speaking a word to each other. But uh, with Santana, with Rachel, Mercedes and, and Quinn really only kind of is like a season one thing. It doesn't really extend too far, too much farther down. Um, it's kind of just like outside of Santana and Rachel. It's kind of like she's yeah, she's friends with everybody in the Glee Club. Right. Like that's that's it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not much to analyze outside of those two. And, uh, you know, we, we get plenty of tie-in with her and those the two girls with Santana and Rachel you know when she comes to New York and then uh with Santana at the wedding and with Rachel in all of the online fan fiction so that's uh that is Quinn Fabre Quinn Fabre Lucy Lucille Quinn Fabre that is Quinn and uh, you know maybe what we'll do is we'll we'll take a like so here uh now that you guys have heard what we have to say about Quinn after you listen to this, if you have any questions you want us to answer about Quinn, I didn't, you know, put a question thread out before this, but if anything comes up that you want us to talk about with Quinn or acknowledge that we might have skipped over today by some way uh, at all, uh, ask them anyway, and we'll attach them on to the end of like the next podcast. So uh, maybe we'll just kind of try to keep a question segment in uh, towards the end of each podcast and, and get back to anything that you guys want us to talk about. So um, that is that for Quinn. I'm trying to see, I, I you know, look down at her trivia section on the wiki page and um, not a whole lot of things in here that we didn't really already cover. Uh, apparently in the early drafts of the pilot, her name was supposed to be Liz Fabray. But they changed it to Quinn. I'm glad. (laughs) I'm glad they changed it. 
Yeah, I guess Liz went into Lucy and we got that, whatever. Uh, Diana was the last actor to be cast, which is why she was barely in the pirate pilot. Yeah, we already talked about this. Uh, did you know, uh, I mean, this doesn't, uh, I, I don't know if that I've heard this ever be confirmed, but the trivia section here says that her voice became deeper during the second and third season because uh, Diana broke her nose twice. I feel like I remember reading that somewhere because, you know, it's one of those things where the, uh, where the, lines kind of blur the lines between the actor yeah. and the because of uh, uh, what's her face sue mentions her tone being really nasally so i was like oh interesting so i feel like i remember that somewhere <laughs> yeah it uh her voice definitely does you know shift a little bit as uh the that's what it is on, who but, could uh, who like, what, what would the glee club do without the low tremble of your nasal forgettable alto that's what it is <laughs> yeah i love quinn i love her voice she's great okay um Gold stars, just to recap, in case anybody's curious, uh, Quinn had 15 gold stars on the whole series. And um, I want to find the document that I have that tells me, you know, how many are like what place she ended up coming in, because I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, But she had 15 total. Nine of those gold stars uh, came from me. Four of them came from you. And two of them came from guests. So uh, nine to four for me to you. Makes sense. Yeah, like we know who when the stand is here. We know who the stand is. That's for sure. Um, yeah, uh, she came. So she she was only behind uh, Mercedes, Kurt, Rachel, and Santana. Essentially, she was on that tied tier with Sue and Brittany, uh, having fifteen gold stars. So pretty high up there for sure in the numbers on that. Are you ready to talk about Quinn's songs? I'm ready. All right. So what we have here is the survey again that you guys all filled out. We did it dancing with the stars style. As far as I know that or, or that's the uh, the format that I was pulling from where on dancing with the stars, you know, the audience votes make up half of the final score and the judges make up the other half. So your guys's votes on that survey made up uh, an entire 50 percent of these rankings and Amon and I's votes made up the other 50 percent. I'll tell you, I'm looking I, I have the list, you know, it's sorted into two different ways in front of me. And uh, there are some differences, you know, when you add in uh, the little boost that our 50 percent gives it. So um, I'll talk about it a little bit all as we go. But uh, what we're going to try to do for you today, and I'm hoping that it's all going to work out for us, is actually play the songs as we go. So um, Amon does not know the order of how these are finished so i'm gonna hit play we're gonna play about like a minute of the song or so i will bring the volume back down we will uh get amon's reaction and uh maybe i'll give a little comment as well and uh and that's what we're gonna do here so we have 16 quinn songs and i know that amon has certain songs that he would prefer to see at the top and uh, we'll see if he's gonna get his way on that you ready ready spaghetti all right let's do it so of Quinn's 16 songs and we're going to mix it all together. You know, we uh, have her solos and her duets. And once we get to the end, we'll talk about, you know, what are her best solos and best duets, whatever. But I'm just going to go straight up in order based on uh, on the, the the way the numbers fell. And uh, these are Quinn's most memorable performances. We'll start at the bottom. Number 16. Uh, we'll see if Amon can hold his reaction until uh, until the end. But who knows? Uh, number 16 for Quinn Fabray. Or as I like to call it, Crip Skit. All right, what's happening? Sup, Mickey? I don't think I'm ready for this. Yeah, you are. Just trust me. 
I mean, for one, it's a duet, so I'm, I'm inclined to believe that the song would probably be on the uh, the uh, higher up the list or further down the list, rather. Um, and I feel like it's a I feel like it's a forgettable song. I feel like you don't remember the song happening until you watch the episode, and you're like, oh, this is a cute performance because I like the song, I do, but I've never been inclined to go listen to the original. I've only ever I associated only with Glee. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of this one as well, but I guess there uh, it's tough competition up there. So, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of good songs to choose from. And when you're only dealing with like 16 Quinn songs and, you know, whatever, it's uh, I guess not too surprising to see this one land where it did. Also, very small difference between a lot of these songs, like very close, very, very close. Um, I'll tell you, it did. I'm, I'm not going to keep going through this with like each one, but it was on the bottom of both like the overall list and the audience voting list. So uh, up, up, up lands in the 16 spot. Let's move on to uh, number 15. Right from the start, you were a thief. You stole my heart and I, your willing victim. I let you see the parts of me that weren't all that pretty. And with every touch, you fix them. Now you've been talking in your sleep. Oh, oh, things you never say to me. Oh, oh, tell me that you've had enough of our love, our love. Just give me a reason, just. Just give me a reason. Yes. Uh, season five, episode 13, as we were just talking about, uh, uh, Quinn and Puck are together and uh, they perform this song for the Glee Club. And uh, number 15. Yeah, I mean, it's a later song. So not surprised that it's on the lower end. I mean, it's cute. But as you just said, I know that there were a few people that weren't as uh, gung ho about the two of them ending up together. So I wonder if this has anything to, if that has anything to do with how low this placed. You know, honestly, uh, placed I think a little lower because of us. I think it was a little higher up in the audience voting. A cu- it was actually above a couple of other songs, but uh, you and I both, uh, I guess, had this around that average spot in the survey of like, yeah, it's good, but it's not like top tier, and uh, that lack of a really good bonus from us, I guess, kind of kept it a little bit lower on the list. So yeah, number 15, just give me a reason. 
Just but, give uh, me a reason. It's good. I still I still really enjoy it. Um, number 14. Let's keep on moving here. Number 14 on the Quinn Fabray songs. Data shows your funky side. So take it away. For some of us, just simply getting to class takes a little bit longer. When you're pregnant, you're responsible for two lives. And you're walking down the hallway, oppressed by the man. Oh my goodness, she is not about to Hearing people call you fat. <laughs> Sometimes it Drag hurts. Her, Mercedes. Sometimes you have to stop and hold that precious life and say no. This is offensive. Who are these girls? We're the unwed mothership connection, and that's what we're here to sing about. Man's 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 world. No, I feel like I definitely uh, gave this the iconic rating. I feel like I did. That's what I did. So for this to be that low, damn. <laughs> it's just you know, it's it's. There's a lot of good songs. The uh, the audience had this as their uh, second second from the bottom. So you and I both uh, giving it, I guess, a good rating gave it a little bit of a boost, uh, a spot higher than the audience would have had it. But yeah. Um, it's a man's world. Yeah. I, I had it in my, uh, like, like three tier, like they go in order. So, you know, it was like, uh, stay like if you marked it down as like, I stand iconic top tier, that would have essentially counted as like a five. Um, so I had it on like a three where I was like, yeah, I like it. It's good, but it's not like my top tier of Quinn songs. Uh, and what did you say? You said, I really enjoy it. So, uh, okay. neither of us had it at, at, at stand, but yeah, I couldn't remember. But, <laughs> It's it's very very good and uh, it landed there at number fourteen, uh, number thirteen. My guitar. Why don't we sing a lullaby? Give me this. Hey kids, look at me. Want to see a real live music video? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Papa, I know you're going to be upset, cause I was always your little girl, but you should know by now I'm not a baby. You always taught me right from wrong I need your help, Daddy, please be strong I may be young at heart But I know what I'm saying The one you warned me all about The one you said I could do without We're in an awful mess And I don't Papa Don't Preach, season one, episode 11. I mean, if I were those kids, that probably would have put me to sleep too, so. <laughs> <laughs> the excellent uh, future parenting, or the, the parenting skills of uh, both Quinn and Puck being on full display. Um, I like this song, but it's also like, you know, it, like it's, it, I think I must have answered it's good, but it's not top tier because that's what I'm feeling right now. Uh, I think the audience was actually a little bit higher than, uh, than we were on it, but it's uh, going to land here at 13. I guess it's the Madonna fan in uh, 
in all of our listeners that uh, came through. Yeah, just the absurdity of it. I'm sure a lot of people remember it well. So uh, it, uh, it it did pretty well on that side of things. But yeah, it's going to land uh, land there at number 13. Number 12 on this list. Let me find it. Number 12 is... But it's a song we both really dig. <gasps> How dare they? A few stolen moments is all that we share. You've got your family and they need you there. Though I try to resist being last on your list, but no other I know how much you love the song, so I'm sorry it landed uh, a little lower than you would have probably liked. Yeah, y'all but... couldn't get this song in the in the double era uh, in the single digits. What's wrong with y'all? Like, I know it's not everybody's favorite. I know not everybody is like a Whitney Houston stan. I get it, but not even single digits. Come on, come on. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna guess that you voted for this one. Uh, I stand iconic top tier. I'm pretty sure I see. did. If I didn't, it was the one beneath that. Yeah, no, you did. I didn't. I I did not help you out with the bu- uh, the bump here. I had this in the two category, so oof, sorry, messed but, up. Yelling shit. Uh, yeah, uh, you did. You did raise it a little bit though. It would have been uh, a little bit lower if not for your bump. So, uh, uh, number twelve, Joe and Quinn saving all my love for you from uh, season three, episode seventeen. Number eleven. Number eleven. So far away, season six, episode three, uh, Tina and Quinn finally get together for a duet and it is cut short, but the audience and us said, uh, too bad. We still enjoy it and, uh, made its way to number 11. Yeah. I love this duet. It's such a, uh, it's it's an unlikely pairing between the two of them, but their voices blend so well together. I'm fine with this not being as high as I would have liked it to be because I'm fully aware that I'm not the only person that's taking part in this quiz, and there are more exciting exciting songs that Quinn is a part of, but this probably would have been in my single digits. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving here. Number 10 on the list, number 10. 
Your blood like a winter freeze is just like ice And there's a cold lonely light that shines You'll wind up like the wreck you had Behind that mask you use And did you think this fool could never win? Well look at me, I'ma come back again I got a taste of love in a simple way And if you need to know, well I'm still standing You just fade away And don't you know I'm still standing Better than I ever did Looking like a true survivor Feeling like a little kid I'm still standing After all this time Picking up the pieces of my life Without you on my mind Yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah 3.15, episode uh, 15, season 3 I'm still standing with uh, Quinn and Artie Yeah, they're just getting rid of all the duets here I guess they really, uh, they're just like No, we want the solos Which, you know what, fine, fair, fair I can, I can, I can, I can get down with that. It's a mix. We've had, we've had two solos in there with "It's a Man's World" and "Papa Don't Preach," but uh, yeah, because yeah, Puck is in a you know duetting on "Papa Don't Preach." But yeah, no, I mean, um, I, none of these are really surprising me so far. Uh, it's, it's, I guess, a little surprising that I'm still standing and "Up, Up, Up" have such a big difference in the, uh, you know, in where they are. Uh, but you know, I'm still I standing. Mean, is such a more popular song though, because Elton John, right. But no, it's it's uh it's a lot of fun. Quinn, you know, is uh, uh not, as much as the storyline is not the uh, most ideal for us Quinn fans or for anybody that was watching the show to whatever. But um, at least uh, she got a good couple of duets with Artie in there out of it. So that uh and it did you know crack the top ten. It is uh, number ten on Quinn's list of duets. I don't know if it'll crack Artie's top ten, but we'll see when we get there. Uh, all right, you ready for number nine? Ready, spaghetti. These are beautiful. I've had the time of my life season two episode nine it is their sectionals performance that uh you know is gonna fall or is gonna be the lead-in for valerie um i love this song with all my heart i'm positive that i put i stand iconic top tier uh and the fact that it didn't get a higher boost means that amon must have had it much lower on that side of things but uh it's fine it made top 10 i i just i would have had it higher yeah, I'm kind of indifferent towards this one. I think I had it like it's fine, but it's not top tier or something below that because you, I mean, you had it uh, at the two on the on the scale one to five. You had it at a two. Yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, it's a nice song, but like, eh, whatever. 
it's it's the the way when as like going through the results here it made me very happy that we did this the way that that exactly this way because you and i would never end up agreeing on any kind of like you know actual list it would have been all over the place because we have such different taste in glee songs so by getting the audience involved and by still giving our favorite songs like the boost that we wanted to i think it made a lot more sense than it uh, it would have been so messy trying to figure out like a list from our our two lists alone uh, but all right, I'm, I've had the time of my life, uh, number number nine, so would have loved to see it higher, but it's fine. It actually was higher on the audience. Uh, oh, oh, that's just great. They had it a, a little higher, and I guess your rating brought, brought it down, or your, your lack of bonus, I should say, <laughs> uh, brought it down a little bit. Sound. All right, moving on, number eight. Number eight here is, I've got to find it. Get your book liquor here. I'd vote for twin. Fight me, Buffway. Finn. Wait, why are you storming? I'm the one who should be storming. Really? Because the way I see it, I'm a stormer and you should be the storm me. According to today's paper, Finn and Rachel were seen sitting closely laughing, talking intimately. We were on a stakeout. What were you doing with him in that motel? I'm not cheating on you. This time around, I haven't and I won't. To learn to trust me. I can't trust you if you won't tell me the truth. Well, what were you and Rachel doing together, huh? Staking out. That's what you do on a stakeout. What were you talking about? Glee Club, okay? She she wants to do a duet with me. That's all. Trust me. Well, then I guess we both have to learn to trust each other. I guess so. And I guess I know what song we'll be singing this week in Glee Club. I don't want to know the reasons why love keeps right on. Oh yeah, I love this song and I'm glad it made its way high up the list. I didn't know that I expected it to. I thought it was underrated, but I guess people are rating it as fairly as I would have hoped. It's all right for me. I think I enjoy the comedy of it more than I enjoy the actual song. Um because that's what I think about when I think about this song. I think about like what the two of them were doing more so than the song itself. Like I never watch it. I never listen to it without watching the episode. Um but Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, and by the way, if you guys, uh, uh, hopefully you don't mind those scenes at the beginning, you're going to get a little of, uh, extra scenes. Cause I'm just playing the YouTube videos, you know, that's the high tech that we have over here. So, uh, I just have the YouTube videos going for, for this. So if you get a little scene in, in advance, then, uh, hopefully it helps you to set the scenery of what's happening. So, um, that's that, uh, I don't want to know lands at, uh, number eight overall. Midway so, point. Midway. Number seven. I don't know how well this one's going to go over, but let's get to number seven. I'm sure you read about this in the school paper. Finn and I have been an item for a while now. So what kind of girlfriend would I be if I didn't support him? Well, let's see what you got. Where now? Where now? I say a little 
I say a little prayer. So we were supposed to believe that Santana and Brittany were providing those uh, soulful backup vocals. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I know. That sounds nothing like them. <laughs> I say a little prayer. Oh, number seven here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What are, what are you feeling? Top seven, I mean, is not bad for this song. Um, I think people probably expect it to be a little higher because that it's the first Unholy Trinity um, song. But in terms of Quinn performances, mm, it's not her strongest. So I think that seven is actually generous for this. Like, I I mean, I, I don't think that it really should be much higher. So I'm, I'm kind of I'm fine with this, actually. Yeah, it's like the sentimental value of it all. Uh, I'll tell you, the audience did have it a little bit higher, and it, it fell a little bit with our ratings, which makes no sense because we still gave it a good rating. Like, uh, I, I I mean, we both really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, look, once you get into, like, the numbers of all of these and how they are sorted, whatever, it's very, very close. Like, uh, between, like, number nine and number five, like, they're all within, like, you know, points of each other. So all very, very close, but we're still just going to give you the order the way that the order came out. So I say a little prayer here at uh, number seven of Quinn's songs. Moving in to number six. Because you obviously have a lot you need to express. Oh, you have no idea. Send me free for that hey <laughs> two sup- uh, supreme songs back to back but that's pretty much all quinn ever sang on this <laughs> show so not that surprising um yeah this is uh this is a, a strong performance from her and it's all the way in season one so uh mm-hmm. i like it it's, it's 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 pretty dope this is this is I love this song so much. I really, really do. Um, we actually gave it a little bit of a boost uh, based on where the audience had it, just a couple spots higher, uh, which I'm glad about because it, I, I love it. Just Quinn in the Cheerios, you know, in her Cheerios glory and uh, a song mm-hmm. that just sits, suits her voice, I think, really well. She's got so much drama in her just like, oh, it's so I, I don't know. I'm just such a big fan of this song um, right outside the top five. But that's OK. I, uh, I I'm glad it made it this high up at all so you keep me hanging on uh lands there at number six let's uh keep on moving bounce up to the top five we are gonna see what is number five of uh most beloved quinn Fabray performances number five okay i just want to say i'm really excited and that i couldn't have asked for a better partner Do you hear me? I'm talking to you Across the water, across the deep blue ocean I 
open sky Oh my, baby, I'm trying Boy, I hear you in my dreams I feel you whisper across the sea I keep you with me in my heart You make it easier when life gets hard Lucky I'm in love with my best friend Lucky to have been where I have been Lucky to be coming home again Lucky from Amon's, one of his favorite episodes, Duets, Lucky with Sam and uh, Quinn. I mean, this was a big hit um, from Jason Mraz. Um, and so I'm not surprised that people like this song the way that they do. And it's just a good pairing. I mean, who is this originally? It's Jason Mraz and Colby Calais. Yeah, like this, it sits in their voices pretty well. And they're adorable while they do it and it's just you know oh look at these two cute blondes just strumming guitars and strumming vocal cords it's just good for them <laughs> yes i no surprises there this this holds a special place in my heart uh lucky i just really uh remember it i really remember enjoying it for many years uh after it came out and still to this day i i love it so much uh as i was saying earlier love the uh sam and quinn era so uh this is uh one of my all-time favorites or just maybe you know most beloved like it's i feel like it's going to be a song that always drops out of you know if i'm ranking my favorite song my favorite performances from glee but uh this one always puts a smile on my face and I'm a big fan so happy to see it crack the uh, top five number four actually I think this is technically number three because uh, we have a tie for the next spot up both in viewer votes in our votes and uh, overall so a exact tie for uh, the third spot but I'll just start with the one um, that shows up on my list next uh, it is and queen Oh my god, that means my favorite is in the top three! Is this some kind of joke or something? I mean, like Kurt last year, someone gonna throw pig's blood on me next I can carry? Look at me. You're sexy. You're beautiful. You're an inspiration to every single person in this room. Not Rachel and Finn talking over this song. From where you began, where you are now. Amazing. Pausing okay, it here. I want it to end. <laughs> I'm pausing it here. I want to like cut to the end, like when they. Uh, okay, hold on. I'm gonna play, press play again when they like are singing together and Quinn stands up. Hold on, ready? It's a prom miracle.
right. Yeah. I mean, I think the beloved part of this song is that that big shock factor at the end, you know, when Quinn gets up and Quinn and Santana singing together, it's just, you know, fans dreams come true. Um, you know, I'm partially responsible for this. I, I think I gave it a good rating. Uh, I probably said, like, I really enjoy it. Let me let me check now because I, I want to make sure. But um, it's good. I just I, I was a little surprised to see it be in the top three. Essentially, it's tied with, you know, one more. But, you know, so you had this as top tier. I had this as uh, as like a three tier. Yeah, I um, I put this up there because of what you just said. And she's up there vocally like she's because Santana takes the melody and she takes the harmony and she is up there and i was like okay yeah okay good for you getting you know you know she's exercising her falsetto in this song and i really appreciated that because we don't really get that from from quinn a lot of the time so i just felt like it was something interesting something new and challenging for her and i liked it Mm -hmm. well the song that is tied with this for number three is it's been a few months but i'm sure the three of us could put together something on the fly Mercedes like comes in and then leaves in this episode. Yeah, she's there for homeward, homeward bound, and then she's gone. I remember you talking about this about how she wasn't there for this. You were like, I don't know where she went. Yeah, that's so weird. But anyway, yeah. Um, I love this. I I love this song. I mean, I've talked about it already, and I'm glad that the rest of you have um have uh, feel the same way. Either feel the same way, didn't feel that way in the beginning. Listen to me ranting and rave about it, and I persuaded you to, to feeling this way because yeah, top three is nothing to uh to raise my nose up at this song and that just makes me even more happy because now I feel like my favorite might actually be everybody else's favorite and I don't know. I mean, I won't be disappointed if it's number two, but I'm glad that it's either one or two. Well, what what would you like me to reveal next? Uh, we have two songs left. Would you like me to go next to number one or number two? Because obviously... Just, just do number two. It's fine. Do number two? All right. All right. Number two of the Quinn Fabre songs. And by the way, for Come See About Me, I'm, I, I love Santana's outfit in that. The uh, the green stripes. Uh, I, I, mm-hmm. She looks amazing. I love, you know, and Britney's obviously still in the Cheerios uniform. It just kind of like encapsulates like a lot. I feel like you just learn a lot or, or you get a lot from the three of them here. Like love an unholy trinity number. It's it's really good. Um, and if anybody's wondering like, oh, why is this one in there? But like problem is not. This song is pretty primarily Quinn singing. It's, you know, backup vocals from Santana and Britney, but like it's pretty much a Quinn song, I would say, uh, in the way that problem mm-hmm. is like all three of them. So we kind of had to, you know, be selective of what songs we said were for this character. But anyway, uh, number two. Nice nose. Thank you. Very nice. Yeah, well, Rachel wants it. No problem. So I'll uh, click some pics, make up some photo composites. We'll be ready to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. 
Pretty, the season two, episode 18 mashup is the number two final spot here on this countdown. Uh, I know Aman is uh, probably very excited as for what that means for number one. But audience, if you're curious, if you're confused, how is this not number one? It was for you. It was your number one song. But uh, in the overall of it all. Uh, and it was very, very close in the overall. It was separated, this song, from the top song uh, by point six, uh, if that, if point, I'm sorry, point zero six, if that means anything to you. It was very, very close. But uh, that, you know, that, that big boost from uh, the fan on, uh, on this call of the top song gave the uh, other song the lift here. So I feel pretty unpretty landing here at number two. Yay! I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the song. I definitely came around on the song. I kind of, like, never really thought too much of this song um, until this past rewatch. So I do think that it is um, it's a good mashup, first and foremost. Second of all, it, uh, Quinn sounds good in it. It's good for her voice. Um, it's a nice duet between the two of them. But, yeah, I, uh, I, I like See, it. The, I like it. This is the audience's top song. And you, I'm calling you out on what you answered here. You answered, I like it, it's good, but not top tier. One of the most universally beloved Glee songs. It's 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 striking how your taste in Glee music can tend to be so vastly different from what I tend to consider the, uh, the like the popular opinions. I, I don't, I, I, I don't know what to say. I, just, I know you um, don't know what to say. <laughs> It's not like, I mean, it's, it's cute, but I don't, it's not a song that I return to when I'm talking about Quinn. You know what I mean? Like I have, there are plenty of other songs that have played on this list that I'm like, oh yeah, like that's my shit. That's my jam. And I, I don't say that about this, but with that being said, I understand why people like it. Like I've come around on it. I understand the appeal, but it's just not, it doesn't vibrate me the way that it vibrates um, a lot of you. Yeah, season two obviously uh, has a lot of great music in there, and this one was one of the most iconic performances that came out at the time, and I think it still holds strong with fans to this day, and I, I don't think it, I know it. Looking at the list there, there was a pretty sizable gap uh, in uh, between number one and number two there for the audience. Uh, their, their number two was what ended up being number one, so it's not like you just sent this number one song to the top of the list. Uh, it just kind of bounced up a couple of points and ended up there but uh yeah so it was uh definitely the fan favorite here but if anybody is not keeping track at home and uh is like wait what is number it one it won the popular vote but the electoral college came in and fucked it up just <laughs> like yeah um let's talk about the number one performance on our list again if uh 
Sorry if you're confused and haven't been keeping track and you don't know what song is missing, but here it is. Lovely couple. But if you really want to be happy, I'm gonna have to say goodbye. Never can say goodbye. No, 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 no. Never can say goodbye. Even though the pain and heartache seems to follow me wherever I go. Though I try and try to hide my feelings, they always seem to show. Then you try. Your number one song of Quinn Fabray. It is season three, episode 11. Never can say goodbye. This is my shit. I love this song. I love it so much. It's right after Quinn like gets her stuff together, decides that she's going to, you know, start thinking about her future and not messing around with these dumb country boys. Um, and she looks stunning in that glittering black gown. The song is perfect for her. Sits well within her register. Her she, she just glides up and down those uh, notes in the verses and in the chorus. It's just it's quintessential Quinn. It's quintessential. <laughs> quintessential Quinn. Yeah, I have uh, I, my opinion on this one drastically improved over time, mostly because it was not one that I remembered very well. Uh, but you know, when it kind of all came into context of like, this is Quinn's only solo in season three, you know, it's, uh, it felt like an important one as the, like the video of it all, like everything that's happening, you know, on screen as she's got Puck and then Finn and then Sam and, you know, just all of them are, are there as she's, you know, essentially saying goodbye or, you know, can she say goodbye? Who knows? Who's to say? But, uh, she is, uh, she looks incredible in this song. She sounds just as incredible incredible and uh i've you know it, it wouldn't have been my number one but uh in terms of like an you know, overall uh you know all sides of things it was uh definitely uh one that makes sense to be here in the top spot so uh works for me i'm sure uh you are very happy about it i think you had texted me when we put the survey out saying people better be voting for never can say goodbye be number one i'm like we'll see and uh <laughs> and here it is and at the top spot yes so come through fans come through even though you guys liked the other one better yeah so that is the countdown we've got for you guys for the songs from quinn's survey so uh just to recap for you guys let's uh run back down that list one more time down at number 16 uh we have up 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 the duet with Artie from season three episode 15 number 15 on the list just give me a reason duet with puck from season five Number 14, It's a Man's 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 World, uh, Season 1, Solo. Uh, Papa Don't Preach, up at number 13 from Season 1. Saving All My Love For You takes the 12th spot with uh, Joe. We've got at number 11, So Far Away, from Season 6, the duet with Tina. Uh, next, at uh, number 10, I'm Still Standing, Season 3 with Artie. 
Uh, number nine, into single digits here, we have I've Had the Time of My Life, duet with Sam. Number eight, I Don't Want to Know, uh, with Finn in season two, episode 19. Number seven, season one, I Say a Little Prayer. Iconic, iconic, iconic. Number six, uh, season one, episode seven, You Keep Me Hanging On. Top five, at number five, we have Quinn and Sam, uh, season two, Lucky. Uh, which is, okay, so keep going. Uh, number three, Tide. We have a two, uh, two songs here. Tide for the third spot. Uh, Come See About Me from season four. And we have Take My Breath Away, the duet with Santana from season three. Those are both tied over there. And then at the top, we have one solo and we have one duet. So we have our top duet that finishes overall in second place from season two, Quinn and Rachel, I Feel Pretty, Unpretty. And then, of course, a solo in the top spot, Never Can Say Goodbye, Season 3, Episode 11, is the uh, number one Quinn song. As far as uh, as all of this goes, again, uh, planning to put this one out first, and then uh, we're going to keep on moving with more character studies coming your way. If you guys out there are listening and you have any suggestions for anything that we can do on this show on uh, on this particular you know on the character studies if you have anything that we didn't talk about if you have any ways that you want us to improve the format here because we were just kind of going into this blind and you know doing uh just kind of just kind of talking for a couple hours so uh let us know what you think let us know if you have any questions about quinn you want us to address we can tack that on to the end of the next episode uh that is all that i have for today about quinn any final thoughts from you no, this is a lot of fun. Uh, I loved getting to count down those uh, those songs, and I'm excited to get into some more of these characters and see what kind of opinions drastically shift between sure. us and the audience. I'm excited. Yeah, um, absolutely. Had a great time today, and uh, this countdown is uh, a lot of fun to close things off with. Uh, so that's all we have for Quinn Fabray, and uh, you know, plenty more to come. I'm sure we will talk about her. Uh, with many of the other characters and uh, and that, yeah so that's all we got why am I still rambling it's late I'm ready to go uh, where can people follow us on social media Amon you can follow us at Choir Room Pod make sure that you're following us individually I'm at Amon Adwin Matt is at Matt Lagore. Uh leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast we'll read them aloud on the show thank you guys so much for delving into Quinn's character with us and until the next one, we will glee later.